It's new Del Dieb, one and all, and welcome back to the podcast that spawned at least two spin-offs, like a really lazy self-replicating organism. Talk until the joy is gone. My name is Rooney, and in between sighing at my co-host and talking about smut, I spend hours on end scouring the internet for fictional information so I can privately record myself talking about it. And here with me is the man responsible for those sighs, and me questioning my prerequisites for friendship because of the information he scours the internet for. Reggie. <laughs> Just like, what information is this? <laughs> All of your intros. <laughs> Sit there three weeks, I spent researching fanboys. <laughs> research. Is that Pete Townsend style research? No, 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 no. I didn't download anything. Ah, so you just... And none of it was illegal, they were all legal. They were all legal. I I mean, yeah, I suppose sissy penboys are. Yeah. Sissy (laughs) penboys. I can't believe it. We're like 30 seconds into the episode, and we're already... (laughs) On sissy penboys, yeah. (laughs) We've just gone straight in. We have zero chill. This is now a sissy penboy podcast. As of next week, we'll be live streaming this, and Reggie will be in his best fanboy hooters outfit. We're going to be rebranding as well. It's going to be called Talk Until the Alpha Is Gone. <laughs> <laughs> or Talk Until the Masculinity Is Gone. I'm not really sure which one, yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be a long conversation with this, in this friendship. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, so your masculinity? Non-existent, like? Yeah, like factory out of existence sometime around 2003. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just spent 20 years surviving on what? <laughs> Low levels of estrogen. Um, uh, yeah, low levels of, <laughs> of estrogen and um, caffeine. Yeah. I suppose you, you cut me open, that's what I bleed. <laughs> I, yeah, normally, like, that. that's actually a really good segue into how this is going to be the most <coughs> low-energy tajik you've heard in a long time. Because <laughs> rather than this be, like, what, 1, 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah, it's, it's 10 to 8. It's 10 to 8, and I have not drunk six pints of coffee. And so. it's not a Sunday or a Saturday. It's Monday! Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell the kids why we're uh, doing it on a Monday night? I wasn't kind. <laughs> but, but you are now. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, um, I managed to forget how doors work and locked myself out of my house, therefore missing the recording. <laughs> he phoned me <laughs> half an hour before we were due to start recording yesterday. I was like, uh, yeah, can we record uh, tomorrow after work? Uh, yeah, why? Uh, I've locked myself out of my house. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, like, every, like, as I said to you earlier, Mm -hmm. yesterday was just one of them days where I woke up and everything (laughs) I did went wrong in some way, shape, or form. But I was still holding it together enough that I made all my notes, I was all prepared. (laughs) I was just like, right, I've got to go and grab this one thing out of my car, and I'm going to have a shower, sort myself out, and I'll go around and do touching. It's all fine, it's all good. I literally walked out my front door, got to my car, opened it, went in the glove box, locked my car again, went all back in the house, and I was just like, fuck, <laughs> it's happened again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you, you've been warned. If this fizzles out towards the start, <laughs> you know why. <laughs> yeah, a complete lack of coffee. You're what, what you all are... Um, what you're going to experience now is like normal everyday, Reggie. Yeah, this you're, you guys are going to get a glimpse of the the man that's been my friend for the last twenty odd years. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> now you'll see why I sigh quite so yeah. often. <laughs> you're like, 
Why can't this high energy, super caffeinated Reggie be around all the time? I mean, no, he's annoying as fuck. He is annoying. Not gonna lie. Like, I, that's the other thing. Like, another thing I don't get is like, people love this podcast. (laughs) And through that, people like me. Mm -hmm. But none of them really know you. None of them know you because if they did know you, they'd stop listening to the podcast because they realize. This is a this is entirely fabricated. This yeah. is a lie. <laughs> no one knows the normal low energy, <clears throat> almost silent autis- autistic, <laughs> autistic Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> I don't like that's actually a good segue. I watched these two programs about autism. I thought so. you were gonna say you'd finally got your diagnosis. No, I am it'll be this year though. I've got it all, I've got it planned. I've got my doctor's appointment booked. Oh nice. Got a week off in May. It's not really a, an autism diagnosis, is it? you you are going in to start your transitioning. Yeah. All this talk about femboys is just softening us up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. The day you turn up in stilettos of a choker. <laughs> and there, kids, is a mental image none of us needed. <laughs> just wearing the clothes you are now, your jeans and your Freddy Krueger t-shirt, but with fucking stilettos and a choker on. Ah, I'm sexy now. Well, I have at least got like the Adam's apple shaved. I'm going to be poking through the shaker. Nope, nope. This, this is immediately after your first appointment. <laughs> the, the the bold new Reggie will present herself to the world. Just Regina to the waxy. Regina, fucking yeah. you. Can... No, that's a ridiculous name. I'm sorry. Hi, if you're on the, if my you're... name's Regina. Would you like to fuck my boy, Regina? <laughs> Boy pussy. Yeah, boy pussy. Start right. with an eye. Oh, <laughs> Come on, you've got to learn your terminology. I only did three weeks, three weeks worth of research. <laughs> I don't know everything there is to know about being a... You've got to immerse yourself in the culture. <laughs> there was no Will. If we'd never met Will, we would never have ever talked about fanboys on the podcast. No, probably not. No. Well, to, be fair, to be fair to him, it's a confluence of events because it's not just Will... All right, Will kind of sparked the conversation with his constant posting of Finster. Uh, But there's various other things outside of the podcast and Will which have kind of fed into this, especially in my life, which have kind of... (laughs) Not even like that. I mean, recently, that have fed things in and I'm kind of like, oh, everywhere I look at the moment, it's fucking... Even when I'm not looking for porn, it's just femboys. Femboys everywhere. Really? Yeah, I, I think it's because I move in internet circles and everyone yeah, on the suppose, internet yeah. is... There are no girls on the internet. No. So, no, the first is real. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> even the ones that you think are girls aren't girls. Finster being a prime example. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> we got to get him? Huh? Them? Them? No. We've got uh... <laughs> to get them on the podcast. What have you got on your phone? Oh, three things for the intro. Have you closed all your sissy femboy porn tabs? All right, cool. I don't want you, like, connecting to when Bluetooth I, in my house or somewhere. I only cut off, yeah, because they'll be like, oh, there's a second person watching sissy <laughs> yeah, exactly. videos. And it's not Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this other person in there? this other person. Yeah. No, I got three things for the intro today. Okay. One of them is a woolly mammoth. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not the picture on your phone. Yeah, I can't paste... In my notes, even took pictures. Ooh. I'm really stepping it up these days. I know. 
I realised after I got all passive aggressive and like in your face to you when you got uh-huh. something, I had to keep just going. waiting for you to trip up, boy. <laughs> it's, got, it's gonna happen. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is our is our friendship. <laughs> yes, basically. both of us have high levels of anxiety whenever we're around each other because we're just <laughs> <laughs> too scared to say the wrong thing in case we get torn apart. <laughs> We call that love. You can call it whatever you want. <laughs> a neuroses, I yeah. think. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yes. Company with $225 million uh, plans to bring Dodo Bird and Woolly Mammoth back to life. I think I saw something about this the other week. A company which is working on technology that could one day bring back the Dodo Bird and Woolly Mammoth is ra- raising investment to set their plans into action. There are a lot of different species in this wide, wonderful world of ours, <laughs> and we don't know a thing about most of them. Scientists estimate there's about 8.7 million different species of plants and animals which currently exist, and we've only managed to identify around 1.2 million of them, <laughs> with most of them being some sort of insect. No one cares about insects. No. Well, we, until you wake up in the night and they're crawling over your room. Oh, yeah. yeah. That number, <laughs> that number would be a little bit larger, but a number of species have become extinct and ended up being gone for good, or so we thought. Is there anybody reading this article that doesn't know what extinct means? That they have to follow it up with an explanation of what that word means? you got to be... To how many people that do not understand the word extinct would see this article and be like, oh, that's a fascinating read? You've, you've got to cater to people like Will, you know. Fair enough. There's also... <laughs> And I bet you kept you kept a straight face there for a good second and a half. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> what is with you this evening? Tired. Like I, did, I told you that I haven't had a proper night's sleep in four yeah, months. Right? We've been recording for like fucking five minutes or something, and you've spent at least half that time just head in chest laughing to yourself. You've just totally lost it. It's no, gone round the bend. I'm too tired for life. Sorry. <laughs> There's all sorts of reasons a species goes extinct, and hum- uh, and humans kill them all is a fairly common one when it comes to chalking up causes of extinction. In the case of the dodo bird, they were brought down by being overhunted by humans, losing their habitats, and failing to compete with the introduction of new animals onto the island of Mauritius. Uh, lacking any natural predators before we showed up and brought things like rats and pigs with us, they didn't even last 200 years of contact with humans before going extinct. To be fair, I won't last 200 years of contact with humans unless they perfect like the conscious consciousness transfer into android bodies. If I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm not going to last 200 <laughs> minutes. But, uh, <laughs> we ate them, and the animals we brought with us ate their eggs, as well as competed with them for their food sources. Yeah, fuck you, dodos. Humans first encountered dodo birds in around 1507, and by 1681, they were completely gone. <laughs> Not one of our finest moments as a species. Woolly mammoths are a different story, almost being wiped out 10,000 years ago and going fully extinct around 4,000 years ago. It's a bit more difficult to pinpoint exactly how they went extinct, but it's thought that climate change played, them, bleh, played a major part as it disrupted their food supply and reduced their numbers before they got finished off by human hunters. Mammoths grazed on grass, but when an ice age ended their sources of food... Oh, this has got such bad grammar. Mm-hmm. Mammoths grazed on grass, but when an ice age ended their sources of sources of food were replaced by... <coughs> Mammoths grazed on grass. 
By the Come way, on. I'm not cutting any of that out. That's all staying in. I didn't write this. I just copied and pasted this. It's not my fault. <laughs> Mammoths grazed on grass, comma. But when an ice age ended, their sources of food were replaced by trees and wetland, severely reducing their numbers. That's the worst. Oh, I see. Ever. Yeah, I get it. However, efforts are underway to bring back the dodo bird and the woolly mammoth with technology company Colossal Biosciences attracting investments for their plans. Over the years, they've raised $225 million in investments uh, to bring back extinct species, and they're studying how to alter the DNA of existing animals to try and get them to give birth to animals which had once all died out. Things are still in the very early stages. Don't expect the dodo or the woolly mammoth to be stomping around the earth in the <laughs> near future, but I have an idea of how you would bring back species that had gone extinct. I like. I am all for bringing back extinct species and putting them on a menu somewhere. <laughs> I was just going to say. I mean, that should have been one of my follow-up questions. Like, <laughs> would you eat either of them? Absolutely. I just forgot. I forgot from momentarily when I was making my notes who I was talking to. There, there aren't many things with a heartbeat <laughs> that I won't eat, like sausage and dodo egg. Mammoth, mammoth, mammoth sausage and dodo. I'm egg. thinking mammoth steak. Mammoth steak. Imagine the cut of steak you could get off of a fucking mammoth. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and they're huge. Yeah, but there's a reason we don't eat elephant, right? You can't be. Somebody must have eaten elephant once and been like, oh, maybe I don't know. If you've ever eaten an elephant, reach out to us. Let us know because I'd like to know what it tastes like. Do I have some follow up questions? Okay. Do you think humans should play God like this? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. If you, do you do you not remember Jurassic Park? Yes. And that was a hella good film. <laughs> so therefore, <laughs> we should be doing it more often. Plus, as I recall, it was only Americans that got eaten. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. There's too many of them anyway, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. They're, they're like fucking cockroaches. Can't we just, you know, do something to get rid of their guns? Like what? Tell them that guns make you gay? Oh, I mean, that's probably what. I'll tell you, if you told, like, everyone in Texas <laughs> that guns made you gay, there'd be no more guns in Texas. That's what we need. That's fucking RuPaul and a drag race. Need to that, go pro-gun. They need to be pro-gun, and they need to do all of their routines with just, like, AR-15s round their neck or something and say, yeah, I was a perfectly regular straight man. I drank beer, ate red meat, hung out with the boys. Then I fired an AR-15 too many times and now I craved a cock. And then, yeah, like America would go gun-free overnight. Out of the two of us, I'm the only one that shot a gun. Um, <laughs> yep. I mean, I ain't pointing no fingers. Wasn't an AR-15 to be no. fair. as a handgun. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think the end goal of this really is? Because, like, yeah, yeah, we're bringing back the dodo and the woolly mammoth is a <laughs> great headline. It's a gimmick, though, isn't but it? But they're not doing it if it's not, if there's not an end goal. I think the idea is... is the end goal to, like, repopulate zoos or... Repopulate zoos, repopulate stuff that we inadvertently exterminate, and then it turns out, oh, shit, we kind of need them to maintain life on Earth. Yeah. And, like, the um, the seed repositories dotted around the, the world... So that in the event of a catastrophe afterwards, we can replant all of these seeds and stuff. Oh, yeah, I get if, that. If they have the frozen... He's just thrown his phone... Fuck! My life! <laughs> right in its sissy arsehole. <laughs> um, yeah, if they have, like, the means to just reproduce <coughs> animals, they, they do it on things like the mammoth and, and the dodo and what have you. And then they're like, okay, well, now we can do it with elephants. 
and cows and dogs and cats. And then they can just store all of those in those secure places so that when we eventually destroy the planet, the survivors will be able to repopulate it with all the How long till someone culturally significant, like, for example, John Lennon dies, and then they just birth a new John They just bring them back. So I was saying earlier, consciousness transfer. As Uh, soon as they perfect that, all these rich people will be uploading their consciousness, and when they die, they'll just do a Palpatine, and they'll just come back in a clone body. And they'll just do that in perpetuity. In fact, wasn't there a, a series on Netflix about that? Was there? Uh, Altered Carbon. I think that's, uh, that's the premise of that. I don't know. I didn't see it. I've never watched it, but it's I on my list. I think it was one of the shows Ash told me to watch, and I never actually got around to it. Yeah, a lot of people have told me to watch it. I've just never actually got around to it. Now, a final question on this article. Okay. Do you think they would eventually bring back a dangerous animal with dire consequences? I don't know if they'll be dire consequences. I think what they'll do is they'll bring back an animal or they'll adjust an animal in some way which will essentially propel it to the top of the food chain and then we'll have a big overpopulation problem like i don't know saber-toothed tigers that are bulletproof or something like that you know <laughs> saber-toothed tigers. i don't know or cockroaches cockroaches or rats yeah which pardon me are hard enough to kill as it is and they keep developing immunities to the stuff we used to kill them yeah um and they'll but there'll be a bulletproof rat so the poisons okay. don't work and it, the traps bounce off of it and you can't shoot it and then the rats will inherit the earth by just eating everything. Interesting. <laughs> Conspiracists say Britain's Roswell was hidden in UK's <laughs> secretive Area 51. Now, I've got so complacent at podcasting, I forgot there's a school involved. <laughs> Tonight, I'm school free and it's showing, right? <laughs> Absolutely is. I mean, I, I've got a bad back as it is, mate. You've got to stop letting me carry these things. <laughs> He's gone again. Yeah, I got, I got so confident. I forgot there's an actual skill. Like, I could do this. Oh, you're interesting. Anyway, I'm going to read some more words off my phone now. I just don't know what's going on. I'm just so fucking. Podcasting tired. is what's going on. We used to record in the evening all the time. I suppose I didn't really have a job then. So no. I can't. I could do whatever I wanted. Yes. Uh, now, not so much. <laughs> conspiracists say Britain's Roswell was hidden in UK's secretive Area 51. Ooh. The Royal Air Force's secretive Rudlow Manor in Wilshire is still off limits to the public and remains enshrouded in mystery as UFO hunters reckon it could hold the secrets of extraterrestrial life. Didn't uh, Hickey Pop go there. The other who? He's a big name in in paranormal circles. He's okay. Got, he's got ridiculous. Oh God, he's Andrew Higgy or something. His website is Higgy Pop, and it's all about paranormal stuff. And I swear he's written a book about what is it? Rudlow Manor. Rudlow. R U D L O E. Rudlow Manor. Higgy Pop. Because I swear he's written a book about it. But yeah, return to RAF Rudlow Manor. He spent the last year writing a book about it, and he recently, like, snuck back in there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I've got a better picture, but still. His has a speedboat. America's highly classified Area 51. Did we just inadvertently give someone? Yes, we did. (laughs) Okay. Free advertising. Free advertising, yeah. America's highly classified Area 51 is famous across the world for its secrecy and possible links to alien life. But whilst the military base is often under the spotlight, a mysterious former RAF site dubbed the UK's own Area 51 often goes under the radio. Radio? Radar? <laughs> There's no iron. <laughs> no, there isn't. 
Fuck. <laughs> the Royal Air Force's Rodlow Manor and the County of Wiltshire was the centre of Britain's investigations into UFO life throughout the 1950s and still remains enshrouded in mystery. Tucked away in the British countryside, the location looks like a normal building from the outside, but underneath the structure lies a complicated network of hidden tunnels and bunkers. That's why we're going to buy it when we get that Joe Rogan money. Oh, damn fucking right. (laughs) Ministry of Defence, even if I just live there. Like, no one can get within two miles of it. It'd be perfect. It'd be great because we could buy it. I could live in the manor house up top and you could live, live in the tunnels. splinter dreams yeah. down in the tunnels. Oh, yeah. I could get, like, a purple robe. A purple robe, trains and ninja turtles. Fuck, it would be brilliant. <laughs> Ministry of Defence officials insist the site was a communications hub before it was abandoned in 2000. But their claims have been slammed as an outright liar by conspiracy theorists. Slammed, no less. <laughs> the mysterious location, similarly, similarly to the United. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you don't need any grasp of the English language to, to write articles online. Oh no, fucking no. online None journalists at all. really don't deserve the title. The mysterious location, similar to the United States Area Fifty One. Do you want to call out the author <laughs> of this? Uh... No, no. No, because I don't know where the article is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't paste it into my notes, and I deleted it. And it's out. gone. <laughs> uh, the mysterious location, similar to the United States Area 51, has been accused of hiding the remains of a crashed spacecraft from a different planet. Do you think that they feel that the more times they put Area 51 on it, the more interesting it makes Rodlow Manor? I think so. I think we should refer to Area 51 as, as America's Rodlow Manor. Yep, done. <laughs> American writer uh, Dorothy Kilgallen claimed that a high-ranking British official admitted to her that an extraterrestrial entity had crashed into the location in the 1940s. Others alleged the site holds evidence relating to the Berwyn Mountain UFO incident that saw unexplainable bright lights and sounds in the sky and the Rendlesham Forest incident dubbed Britain's Roswell after a series of supposed UFO sightings were never explained. Conspiracy theorists arguing against the Ministry of Defence have also pointed out that although the site is no longer in official use, it remains fenced off to the public and is under strict guard with security cameras and dogs. They've questioned the need for a security presence at a base that is supposedly not in use. <laughs> Declassified secret files released by the National Archives in 2007 also contradicted officials' claims with documents seen by Sky History reportedly confirming the centre's usage as a UFO hunting ground. Now, you cannot trust the words Sky History say because they are super invested because after 9pm, all their programmes are about, like, they, they have more bullshit Sky History after 9pm than we have on touching. Follow-up questions because you haven't, you know, come with any 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 snappy one line no no i haven't do you think there's any validity to this do you think they could possibly have something like that there i don't think they've got a crashed alien spacecraft. i don't think they've got a crashed alien spacecraft but do you think they may have something probably what they've probably got is just their files on the re on their investigations to it and that was probably the hub they did it at. oh it's communications hub and they did their research from there but the thing is it's going to be like 70 odd years out of date you know we thought yeah we 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 looked at this for our big telescope uh, and we listened to it on a big radio because this is the 50s yeah. okay they didn't have the shit we've got now it's, it's cool 
in America, it's called Project Blue Book, right? Was there? Yeah. So we must have our own version of oh, that, yeah. and that's probably what they've just got. That's it. what they've got, and it's like that's why they decommissioned. They probably keep stuff. it all there because they haven't digitized it yet. <laughs> that's why they declassified this stuff because um, at the end of the day, they reached a point where it's no longer worth the effort of keeping it secret. Yeah. So they put it out into the public domain, and they go, "Oh, people are like, oh, you lied to us in the fifties," and they're like. The fuck do I care? I wasn't even born yeah. in the fifties. You know, this was a previous government. They did all that shit. We're far more transparent. And then, or they declassify the stuff that they want you. to They have. want you to have. Yeah, that's like okay. Is this going to damage us in some way? No, declassify that. Either that or like okay, rather than you know declassify this filing cabinet of all of our good secrets, <laughs> you are going to go and write. 1500 new files and we're going to declassify <laughs> just, them they declassify the bullshit ones <coughs> yeah. the harmless stuff yeah it's, it's what governments do hypothetically if they have alien tech yeah what do you think their end goal would be um, aside from like you know annihilating certain countries <laughs> consciousness transfer into <laughs> cyborg bodies yeah. <laughs> android bodies sorry not Come cyborg on, they're not hydra we'll get to that later <laughs> we'll get to that later I mean, I assumed it was um, animating a lettuce and giving it, you know, the the appearance of intelligence. Um, but then Liz Truss <laughs> kind of it's like that, ruined that experiment. So <laughs> they were like, we don't need to do this because the Tory party are already doing it. Sorry. Okay. I've been really good the last few weeks. I know. That's because Ash has been here. <laughs> it's because Ash has been a calming influence. Uh, what do you think they do in there if they aren't housing an alien spacecraft? Like? Oh, now they're not counterintelligence right i'll tell you why they do this right they've got the big security and all that shit right there's two it's a it's a twofold thing first of all is it's a big ass expensive manor house that the government owns and they don't want a bunch of fucking neckbeard ufologists going in there messing shit up making it making a mess of it nicking stuff or a guy with his you know fiance and his child breaking into Exactly. To take pictures. That's too far away from, from me yeah. to go and do that. Wiltshire, Fucking yeah. Wiltshire. That's miles away. I have to spend a whole weekend there. Exactly. I don't want to do that. Uh, it's, too, it's, too, it's too blue blood up there. Okay. Um, so they do that because they want to protect their investment. Yeah. The other thing is they know that while they've got all this heavy security up there, it does it costs them a pittance. You oh, know, of course, in, yeah. in, in, in the grand scheme of it. In the grand scheme of it, looking at their budgets, it's a pittance to maintain this heavy security yeah. presence there. And it keeps everybody's eyes Focused there. Well, why are they doing? We know they had it. They, that was their UFO research place. Oh. And look at all the guards and the dogs. Hmm. And then they can go and do whatever they want at somewhere completely fucking innocuous. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, do you think that all eyes are focused there? But well, no, somewhere in Sunderland, they've got some completely unsecure place. Yeah, it's just a fucking office block yeah, somewhere. Some nondescript office block. I mean, the, the, the US with the, with the with the U, um, the US version of Rudlow Manor. They've been doing it yeah. for years out there in the desert in Nevada. It's yeah. like, you know, they put up all these signs and they put on the big stage show of like, oh, all those big burly guards will shoot you if you come too close. That's so everyone goes focusing there. But they're probably on, you know, on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> Down in fucking Utah or something. They've got a fucking farm and that's where all the real stuff's going I on. I think, yeah, there's probably something really mundane like counterintelligence, but not interesting not counterintelligence. Not interesting counterintelligence. Just counterintelligence of like... This podcast. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, Final question for this one. Yeah. If we broke in there with the audio recorder for a Tajik episode, yeah. which fictional spacecraft would you like to find? Oh. Oh, no, that's a question. I'm just going to go for the obvious predictable 
because it's the one I would want to find the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon no, would be good. Would be pretty good. But you also I bought you fifteen seconds of thinking. Time you're not now. particularly yeah. likely to find the Millennium Falcon tucked away in there because let's face it. Oh, um, Millennium Falcon wasn't an exploratory craft, was it? No. So it wouldn't be out mapping new hyperlanes and getting lost on Earth. Could have come to Earth for some of them good pharmaceutical drugs they make in America. Came down here to pick up some dodos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couple of woolly mammoths. Yes. Chewie, Chewie was looking for a mate. <laughs> Malata Buck wasn't putting out a home, so he had to come down here and get some of that. What happens on Earth stays on Earth. <laughs> on Saturday, you're going to get wowed by Rooney's Star Wars knowledge. But... <laughs> Before that, he's just giving you little tasters here. <laughs> little tasters of, like, the, of the sort of shit nestling in my head. Chewbacca's wife's name. <laughs> I'd, I'd want to find the Enterprise. You'd want to find the Enterprise. The Enterprise D. Sat right yeah. there on my shelf next to me. That would be like, that would be the goal. Because then I could just get in it and fly off and what never was the have one to come in back here. Battlestar called? That was Home 1. Was it? Home 1? No. Battlestar? Battlestar, what, you mean Galactica? Yeah. <laughs> The um, one that's the in the title of the show. Galactica. Yeah, but it was called the Battlestar. Galactica. Battlestar was a class of ship and, and Galactica was I the name I haven't watched it since the DVD box set come out and Lil Smithy lent it to me. So please... Have just, you not? No. Yeah. I keep meaning to rewatch it. I keep meaning to put... Because it starts with the two-part, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I keep meaning to put that on the list for an episode. Yeah, so do I, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll do that when I listen back. Editing Rooney. Add that to the list now. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. Go into the document and add it. Thank you. <laughs> what you're going to hear tomorrow morning is editing ready. Because you listen to it at light times. It's going to be said. Past room is a fucking Boston knobhead. Yeah. I'm it into the document. It's even worse than fucking Reggie. Fucking people tell me what to do from my past. Wanker. <laughs> Go back to sissy, sissy boy hooters. <laughs> Femboy hooters. Sorry, not sissy boy. <laughs> do you think, like, if we actually started <laughs> Femboy hooters? I think it's already a thing, man. Is it? I'm oh, fairly certain it I is. I thought that was a. I thought we could make our millions. No, it's that's not an original one for us, unfortunately. Oh, crap! I thought I was going to get to sleep. Femreg hooters. Femreg hooters. Yeah, where basically we get everyone to look like you, just in high heels and a choker and a hooters t-shirt. Just give everyone. Oh, can they get any you boys some hot wings? <laughs> Giant bags under their eyes and prosthetic <laughs> noses. <laughs> Couple of prosthetic ears. We do theme nights where they wear Baker Boy caps. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have to stutter every time they ask. Them. Like, I, I, uh, t- can take I take your a, order. Can I give <laughs> any of you, 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 you drinks? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if in doubt, just make fun of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no, at the moment, I'm just making fun of you. I'm taking full advantage of this. I'm kicking I'm wa- you while you're down. <laughs> I'm working up to making a joke about you. It might happen on the, on the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, my final thing for the intro. Yes. <laughs> Saw this on the news the other day and I thought, I know a man that may have an opinion on this. <laughs> Roald Dahl books rewritten to remove language deemed offensive. See, I was going to bring this on. Was you really? Yes, I thought of this the other day. See, it's like... I know my friend. You do. He came you, on the you news. Know, you know exactly what buttons to push, don't you? <laughs> You're like, I'm knackered and can't be bothered this evening, so I'll bring some subjects that will get Rooney off. Well, the first Set two, Rooney off, not get Rooney off. No, to be honest, the first two were left were left over from last week's touch of you. Oh, really? And this one I saw on the news, and I did all this, like, Saturday, <laughs> before I realised I was going to be tired. I was just like, I saw it on the news, and I was like, 
I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, Augustus Gloop, now enormous instead of fat. Mrs. Twit, no longer ugly. And Oompa Loompas, agenda neutral. Roald Dahl's children books are being rewritten to remove language deemed offensive by the publisher, Puffin. Puffin has hired sensitivity readers to rewrite chunks of the author's text to make sure the books can continue Chunks? To- that sounds like Chunky. They're not allowed to do that. It should be sections. So how does Chunks get away with being a YouTube star? Because he's, his name's- he's owning it. Because he's fat and his name is Chunks. Oh, he's not fat anymore. Oh, he is. Oh, is he back? Yeah, fat I saw the video on... Yeah, the latest video on Saturday. He's put weight back on again. Oh. He's not quite as fat as he was, but he's still... Uh- but surely his <clears> name <throat> just triggers people left, right and centre, right? Have you... Somebody's- yeah, but it's like a black man naming himself the N-word. Oh, he can do that because and Chunks can do that because he's fat so he can take that and he's he's. so when I call myself Elephant Man Mark 2 it's not going to trigger anyone <laughs> I mean no because the original Elephant Man's dead and nobody else cares <laughs> his name was John <laughs> John Merrick put some fucking respect on it <laughs> I was desperately trying to remember his name because I'm like I know we discussed this in the yeah. From Hell episode yeah. and I can't remember what it was um where was I? We did sensitivity readers. Uh, yeah. Edits have been made to descriptions of characters' physical appearances. <laughs> the word fat has been cut from every new edition of relevant books, while the word ugly has also been cold. Augustus Gloop in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is now described as enormous. In the Twits, Mrs. Twit is no longer ugly and beastly, but just beastly. Hundreds of changes were made to the original text, and some passages not written by Doll have been added. Mm-hmm. But the Roald Dahl story company said it's not unusual to review the language. During a new print run and any changes were small and carefully considered. Uh, in The Witches, a paragraph explaining that witches are bald beneath their wigs ends with a new line. There are plenty of other reasons why women might wear <laughs> wigs and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. In pre- previous editions of James and the Giant Peach, the centipede sings... Aunt Sponge was terrifically fat and tremendously fat flabby at that. And Aunt Spiker was thin as a wire and dry as a bone, only drier. Uh, both <laughs> verses have been removed and in their place are the rhymes Aunt Sponge, Aunt Sponge was a nasty old brute and deserved to be squashed by the throat. And Aunt Spiker was much of the same and deserves half of the blame. References to female characters have disappeared. Miss Trunchbull and Matilda, once a formidable female, is now a most formidable woman. Gender-neutral terms have been added in places where Charlie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's Oompa Loompas were small (laughs) men. They are now small people. Uh, The Cloud Men in James and the Giant Peach have become cloud people. Puffin and the Roald Dahl Story Company made the changes in conjunction with Inclusive Minds, which its spokesperson describes as a collective for people who are passionate about inclusion and accessibility in children's literature. Alexandra Alexandra Strick, a co-founder of Inclusive Minds, said they aim to ensure authentic representation by working closely with the book world and with those who have lived, have, I guess, an (laughs) A-lived experience of any facet of diversity. First question, how do you feel about this? (laughs) Uh, it makes me angry. It makes me angry too. Yeah. Isn't it just a product of his time? Yes. Absolutely. Fuck. I know we've discussed this before with, times, with yeah. our 80s. Yeah, but not everyone's listened to it all 140 odd episodes. That's why I done. included it in my so notes. It bears repeating. 
you know, a lot of this sort of stuff is a product of its time. Yeah. You know, that was what how children's books were written. They were telling stories, and these are stories that that people have loved for generations. Timeless. And going in and changing them, it's no longer a Roald Dahl no. novel. It's Roald Dahl and the Sensitivity Crew and a committee of yeah and a committee of fucking do-gooders. Warriors. I, I don't like that term. Because um, you are. Because I am a social justice warrior, absolutely. I so I don't in, like using that as a as a derogatory pejorative. I believe term. in social justice. I don't believe in. Don't make me get my sensitivity group around here. I don't I have to cut out chunks of your dialogue. Believe an ugly forty one year old white male from the suburbs. No, of you're a you're a you're a, a, a differently <laughs> featured. <laughs> I'm just using the word ugly to piss off the sensitive group. Well, to be honest. It made me very angry. Yeah. It made me so angry, I took part in a YouGov poll on the situation because they emailed me about it, and I was like, fuck yes, I'm getting in on this. Um, as I said in their poll that they asked, do you think this is a form of um, censorship? And I said, absolutely. Yeah, of course. It yeah. is censorship. Uh, it's no longer... The, the, the new versions they were talking about are no longer representative of the stories that no, of course they were. Not. No. Um, however, this is a fight we've already won. Oh, yeah, I saw today that. that they've repealed the decision and going forward, they're going to stick with the original manuscripts, which they should have done to start with. Even um, Slimy Rishi went yeah. and said, like, oh, come on. Oh, come <laughs> enough's on. enough. You can't change the <laughs> world. That'd be stupid. Like, no one should be reading this anyway. They should be doing more maths. If we were to apply this to everything, though, like one of Britain's most well-loved comedies, Only Fools and Horses, oh, God, would yeah. not be able to get shown on TV. No. They was constantly calling people tarts. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it reminded me of my dad. <laughs> but like half the shit they say to each other in that program yeah. does not fly today. There's naked. Yeah. I think we talked about this once before. I was watching it at like one o'clock in the afternoon on UK Gold. Mm-hmm. There's fucking naked posters on the wall. Yeah. In the background. In the background. Not fuzzed out or anything. Like because the quality of the video was so yeah. poor, you couldn't see it anyway. <laughs> couldn't see the nipple, so you know, <laughs> past his social media rules, it's fine. <laughs> oh, this, is, this, to be fair, this is an old fight because they tried to do the same thing with Mark Twain's work. Yeah, oh, yeah a few yeah. years Take back. All the M, the M, all the M words and any racial slurs or or you know derogatory references in there. They released a, 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 a an imprint of the book which had all of those removed. And of course, that caused up Rob because again, that's not the book he wrote. Yeah, this is written, rewritten by a committee. Where does it stop? Do, uh, do a hundred fifty or hundred years from now, do you pick up a Roald Dahl book and it doesn't tell the same story because oh, no. it's, it's yeah. not acceptable anymore? Well, that's not the same fucking story. You're using somebody else's name to sell some bullshit story put together by a committee over a hundred years. The BFG is like no longer known as the BFG because apparently Giant is is. Derogatory, derogatory for tall people. Tall people now, so it's called the big friendly tall person. The big friendly, maybe above average height, but there's nothing wrong with that yeah. person. It's just where is the line? But, where yeah, exactly. Stop? If if you want more literature with more inclusive stories and characters, then fucking write it or fund the people who are writing it. That's my next question. Aren't there enough children's books being published today that obey the PC rules? Yeah. I mean, like, your kids don't have to, what, read Roald Dahl. No. Every other fucking day on on the one show, there's some washed-up celebrity, like, I wrote a children's book. I wrote a children's book. Yeah. Look, what pisses me off, right, is that you get them going back and they're revisiting these catalogues of old books and 
They're like, well, people still love them. Reading them with we 20, disagree 23 with them. eyes, yeah. And I was like, well, we disagree with them, so we're going to rewrite them. At the same time, publishers are give, paying out big money to cunts like David Walliams to keep pumping out his fucking vitriolic tripe, which is far worse than anything Dahl ever wrote. Rather than these publishers, publishing houses going and supporting the small uh, writers and artists, uh, I, I happen to know one on Instagram who's been working on, on a book, all illustrated and written herself. Um, are we getting that pumped out at us and going, look, this is inclusive. This is what we want kids to be reading. No, they go back and they palm the depths of old shit they already own the rights to, of course, and they yeah. give it to big names like that Wankstain Walliams and get them to pump that shit out so instead. what you're telling me is grandmas can't be gangsters. <laughs> or have I missed the point here? I might be waking up a bit now. <laughs> You're deliberately being <laughs> awkward and <laughs> no, misinterpreting my words. It's because I have got no love, Excite, except for like one, possibly two episodes of Spaced. I have no <laughs> love for David Williams whatsoever. Not, Is he in Spaced? Yeah, he plays um, Joe Bryan, who lives downstairs. Yeah. Bryan's old art partner. The one oh. that's all dressed, like one that's like cross-dressed and... yeah. Back then, it was like, whoa. Whoa. Now, it's like a Sam Smith video. But back then, it was just like, whoa, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, like, he's good in that because he does him. Yeah. But I'm not a fan of his creative work. I was never into Lil Brown or anything about The best thing he God, ever did, no. as far as I'm concerned, was swim the channel for Charity. Yeah. So, I've heard you mention him and his books before, but I don't really know exactly yeah. what it is he's done. In those books, I just know one's called <laughs> uh, Gangster Granny. Gangster or Granny, yeah. So is it, is it like just real subtle? It's not stereotyping. Even subtle. And hate? He does the stereotyping, and it's mostly racial stereotyping. Uh, it's, there's a there's an Afro Caribbean teacher in one of the books, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's Mrs. Whatever with the frizzy hair," um, referring obviously to. Yeah that style of hair and there's like there's an Asian kid who's really good at maths and is named fucking Ching Chong or something and it's just like you look at that sort of shit and you're like that may have flown in the 80s yeah but we're not that society no, anymore no, no, no. and we're supposed to be teaching our kids better than that but in Roald Dahl books they call them formidable formidable females, females. and apparently that's not acceptable I can't... Okay, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons it pissed me off. But they've repealed it. They've decided they're not going to do it anymore because a big everyone was up in arms about it. It's one of them things. Like I I noticed it a good few years ago. But you see it all the time now. When anybody wants to do anything, <laughs> they'll announce it on Twitter, give it 48 hours. And they get, they get the feedback from it, and they're like, okay, is it mostly the basement-dwelling nutters? No, okay, it's not. Oh, wait, it's just like regular people who are yeah. getting angry about this. All right, maybe we won't. Yeah, we won't do that. <laughs> like, I noticed it through Kevin Smith. Every time he wanted to do something, he would announce it on his podcast. And then you'd see for like a week, it would just like you'd, there'd be people talking about yeah, it. And, yeah. stuff. and then, like, well, what you would see is the stuff that didn't really make a splash online mm. never got talked about again. Yeah. But the stuff that did, he was then able to go to the finances and go, look. Look, people are interested. Yeah. yeah. Um, last question, and then that's the intro wrapped up. It's good if we don't do that, because uh, we never make a splash online. <laughs> Jesus. We I, ne- I keep trying. <laughs> We'd never power that. How an episode <laughs> if, we, if we ran it past people first. 
um, which is a brilliant segue into should we consult with someone so that they, that they can go back and cut out all the offensive passages from Tajik to make Holy us palatable fuck. to the masses. If there is someone out there in a, a, a sensitivity reading group or some bollocks like that who wants to go back through one of our episodes and rewrite it or just remove the bits Edit. that that aren't acceptable, please do, and we will put that episode out. I would say I'm looking at you, Warren, but I know that he's we about... Know, he's, he keeps it on the down low, yeah. but he's a messed up motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're on to you, Brains. He's the correct kind of messed up motherfucker <laughs> that's really good at masking. That's really good at masking. You should... <laughs> You should learn a little about masking, Will. Any <laughs> time of masks Will's interested in, and get gimp ones. <laughs> ones with a built-in ball gag and a zipper at the back. <laughs> or a one loo where it's for sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> Another big callback. That nice. was a callback from year one. Fucking that was, a, that was a, yeah, back to the distant past. Yeah. Is that episode even still available anymore? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that, because I know some of them didn't make it across. I'm sure. It's a good year where every time Lou made any kind of appearance on the podcast, it was, don't forget, I like knives and sex during fun. <laughs> knives on. and sex during fun. Knives <laughs> and masks during sex. Ah! <laughs> I'm having fun. Better get my knives and sex out. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Lou. I miss you. Shout, yeah, shout out, Lou. I, we did have an old face reappear in the cultist group the other day. Yeah. And someone who hasn't posted in there for... 18 months, possibly longer. Got scared off. <laughs> yeah, he appeared. Less and then everyone was seconds. like, oh, hello, welcome back. We're on us. And he was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> oh, not necessarily that. I thought it was Will and Warren just <laughs> flirting with each other. And he was just like, oh, fuck, now I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is why I muted yeah. this group. Beep. <laughs> I, I saw he put them pictures in there and I was like, you will post it. Send it to the wrong group. group. Yeah. <laughs> I did wonder because it kind of it was a propos of nothing. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of cool, actually. It but... is really cool. Props to you, Willick. Yeah. I was just like, oh, hi, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, hi, meet Will. Oh, oh, you're oh, leaving God, now. I've got to stop introducing <laughs> Will to people. Just kick him out of the group. Just kick him out of the group. No, because he knows. He, does he know where I live? I don't think he does. No. Perfect. We'll kick him out of the group. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with Warren knowing where I live. He doesn't, but if he if he wasn't, <laughs> he fine. knows where I live. He's been to my house yeah. several times. But he's the only one, <laughs> <laughs> and that's called trolling. You know, you know what would happen? We'd kick without the group. <laughs> we'd drive past Bush Fair, and he'd just be there yeah. prowling around yeah. where we did the Christmas special. I'm sorry, yeah. I know they're around here somewhere. <laughs> Trying to sniff us out. <laughs> On all fours, just fours. sniffing for our scent. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne's just got him on just the leash. Just going the lead. Lead him. <laughs> lead us to him. <laughs> seek, Will. Seek. Another mental image nobody needs. <laughs> Will on all fours in a leash. Woo! <laughs> anyway, time for a little bit of that whiplash we like to talk about oh, so much. God, I feel like... I feel like it was like, right, hi, everyone. And now all of a sudden... Right, hello. And, and now we're already... Into, I mean, that was only about 45 minutes, to be fair. Oh, that's fine. It's Monday night. It is, because we were talking for fucking ages before yeah. we actually started recording the podcast. Yeah, we've got important things to discuss. We we're have. Talking about that, like, like, this afternoon I was sat at my desk and my eyes were clogged. I could not 
<laughs> keep my eyes open, staring at this spreadsheet, trying to figure out what I'm missing. <laughs> and my eyes are closing, and I'm just sat there thinking to myself, like, this year I've got to continue to excel at work. <laughs> I've got to level up Tajik, and then I've got to launch and run two separate podcast networks, not on my own, with your help. Like, if I don't get a proper night, good night's sleep. 2023 <laughs> may be the year that I break. <laughs> a little bit of burnout. It does wonders for the character building, I'm I found. cracking at the edge already. Yeah, I mean, we're only in fucking February. Oh, end of February, admittedly. And you're already, like, you're looking frayed and frazzled. As I said to you, like, from about the beginning of November, I've not had more than four hours sleep in a night. <laughs> I feel like a new parent. Just, you know, without the joy of a child. Yep. Just joy. Joy is a very, very strong word to use. Burden is my preferred word. Yeah, but <laughs> I would have thought that, like, that surge of love you get for your child sees you through the what, first What, when I drop him off at school in the morning? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I take him around these nans for the night. Yeah, off you go. Oh, that reminds me. I've got to get him, got to get him a birthday card before Thursday. Yes, it's his yeah. birthday on Thursday. Happy birthday to my child. For tomorrow. For tomorrow, yes. But it's handy, actually, you you saying about the, the podcasting, because that reminds me of the two shout-outs I want to do. Oh, good. <laughs> the first one is to my mum. Uh, she's in hospital at the moment. She's had a. She's now like Steve, not Steve Rogers, the $6 million man. I don't know what she's he's got doing. bionic hip. Oh, okay. Um, Wouldn't that be the bionic man? Yeah, but the, the, he was called well, the $6 million same, man. But I the same person. They were the same person. I yeah. don't know. It was an American sitcom. It was. Not. It was an American show in the 70s. Um, so shout out to my mum, who has just come out of surgery, and she was really hoping to be at home today, and apparently she's got the right ache that she's not. They've decided to keep her in the podcast. <laughs> Sounds like me in hospital. Exactly. I, I told that story to on the podcast, yes. right? Okay. <laughs> I, spent, I spent the last two evenings up at the hospital visiting her. Uh, the first one was great because she had so many drugs pumped into her, she kept falling asleep and having conversations that bore no relevance to the conversation we were actually having. <laughs> Sounds like touch. <laughs> yep. And then, and then she like fell asleep. And then last night, where she was just moaning about being in hospital, and I'm just sitting there thinking, that's exactly basically what Reggie said. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. uh huh. She was shuffling around with her Zimmer frame. Get well soon, Rooney's mum. I would use your real name, but we're on mic, so but we're on mic. Um, and the second one is shouting out to some weirdo named Rooney who's got a new podcast coming out on Saturday that. You may or may not have mentioned earlier. You did mention it earlier, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you could have just given me a heads up and I could have given you the big talk up. No, that's fine. I'm doing a Star Wars podcast. It's called Orek to Zarek. Uh, I'll put a link in this when it goes up. And yeah, it's me talking about Star Wars stuff from the old expanded universe because I'm that kind of nerd. There's no swearing. It's very sensible. The first and second episode are quite short, under half an hour. Third episode is over an hour long. I did see that the other day. Yeah. Coruscant is a big subject to tackle. (laughs) And the fourth episode is is about just shy of half an hour, I think. But yeah, there are going to be monthly episodes on the fourth or first Saturday of every month. So. Well, there you go, people. Yeah, go and listen to that if you like that sort of thing. In fact, I don't care if you like it or not. Go and listen to it. I need the numbers. What made you pick Saturday as as the day it comes out? Um, A, we don't release anything on Saturday. No. Uh, B, I knew I needed to get it out before the end of Q1 to keep my promise that I made the other week. Yeah. And I was like... You've got a whole month for that. Yeah, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, when's when's that? Oh, the 4th. May the 4th. But it's not. It's obviously March the 4th. So I was like, that'll do. That's a Saturday. Fine. Whatever. Okay. See? There's there's, there's a method 
to my madness. And the best thing is, because I've got four episodes done, all four episodes are now uploaded and scheduled. I don't have to do anything with them. They'll just go live. Until July. Yeah. And then I've got to do at least two more before I can call it season one. <laughs> Six episodes. What is this, a British sitcom? I don't have any fucking time. I'm squeezing this. I only managed to get episode four done because we cancelled recording yesterday afternoon. Yeah. So I had time to finish prep and record and edit that. <laughs> uh, to be fair, we did before we went live when we were discussing our um, business plans. Yes. I did mention... If this person wants to do that, I have not got the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to have to do this instead because yep. I have the time for that. So yeah. I did that yesterday. And then last night when I got back from the hospital because I didn't want to go to bed yet, I sat up way later than I should, writing about Japanese spider monsters. I can't wait till your book's finished. <laughs> oh, so I can start the second one. <laughs> no, so we can read it on the podcast. And, uh, that's my intro sorted. That's your intro sorted. Or at least I can give it a quick browse and be like, oh, really knows about all of these different things. That's another 12 <laughs> intros sorted. That's next year's intro yeah. sorted. Do you know, I, don't, I have to come up with 51 intros a year. It's just like, after a while, I'm like, kind of running out of just kind of running out of stuff. I'll just, I'll just I'll forget one subject that will aggravate Rooney. I'll just let him go. Try, but you're as as much as well as I know you, and as much as I know I can push your buttons. <laughs> there are weeks I turn up like he's done putting the curve back, and I'm like, I've got him this week. Yeah, you're so then, certain. And then you just sit there, no plast, and I'm like, but 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 this thing, look, yeah. this is supposed to be triggering you. And there are weeks I'm like. He's not going to have much to say, but fuck it. I'll bury this within the rest of the intro. <laughs> and we can just speed past it. It's just content. And then next thing I know, I'm like, I've got, I've got more intro. Will you stop talking? <laughs> 80% of the time I can predict it, but there are some curveballs. And I'm like, I did not I'll see I'll keep you on your toes, mate. Yeah. keep you on your toes. I'll just look up random subjects and get really knowledgeable on them in case you ever bring them in unexpectedly. And I can just blam. All right, this weekend we're going to talk about autism. So go. Okay. What? Autism. I don't know anything about autism. That's what you got till Sunday to figure it out. Oh, fuck that. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> if you haven't done all your research by Sunday, I'll lock myself out of the house again. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. I did watch... Do you remember Chris Packham from The Really Wild Show? Yes. He does Country File now. Apparently. My mum's like... Is that like, like, like paedophiles, but they <laughs> fuck the countryside? <laughs> fuck badgers. Because they're called Tories. <laughs> <laughs> badger babies. Badger babies. Oh. Badger, 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 badger. Oh, no, don't... Come on. Mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> oh, because I'm, I'm picking on badgers and not Tories. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, people like badgers. I like badgers. Exactly. She saw this awesome video yesterday. It was this... It was... It, it's Tory fucking like, a badger. <laughs> Fox waits for its badger friend before. Oh, it yes. And like the fox is waiting at the entrance of this tunnel. Yeah. And it's getting really agitated. And you see the badger catch up and he's like, on. come on. <laughs> like, oh, it's so cute. Have you noticed? I, I don't know how often you go out. Like, I keep trying to get back to autism and we just keep trying. I know. Um, just after just after dark. Yeah. Like early evening. There are foxes everywhere. everywhere. Even during the day, they're getting bold. Yeah. Yeah. We had one um, over around Christmas time um, when we were out walking the dog. There was one of them it, down at the bottom there by the, the woods at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. It would come out and it would follow me, Cody and Lando. Oh, really? At a very safe distance. It yeah. was very wary. But it would follow us basically right the way through there up from the cul-de-sac down the bottom there. 
and, and would be lurking in amongst the cars on oh, that slope no. down into the cul-de-sac yeah. watching us as we went in. Oh, seeing you off. Yeah. I was just like, I want to, I want to give you some food or something. Yeah. But I know if I put any food out, it'd get eaten by cats or whatever. Park behind my house full of foxes. Yeah. And yeah, someday I'll go out there at like 11 o'clock in the morning with pops like this, like foxes. Foxes run across in front yeah. of me and I'm like... Lando keeps trying to chase him. Yeah, so I just pops. Because Lando, to be honest, looks quite fox-like. Yeah. And when he sees him go trotting off up the road, he's like... His ears are up and he's like, come on, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, no, I'm not fucking trying to chase a fox down, mate. <laughs> yeah, so we... Chris Packham does country file. Apparently he's autistic. Apparently he got diagnosed like a couple of years ago or whatever. Doesn't surprise me. So now he's made this two-part documentary program. I can't remember what channel it's on, so <laughs> I can't shout out. But Shout out, Chris Packham. It's basically like four case studies of four different autistic people. First, it's like... Oh, because there's one who does the stand-up. Have you seen it? The girl that does it. I've seen, I've seen, I can't remember where it was. Someone was discussing it. I think I was trying to explain it to you. I think I only seen the first one. Yeah. And I was trying to explain it to you and Ash. But yeah, Ash, it must have been you. <laughs> Ash was trying to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and no one oh, really yeah, of course. It was on yeah. the, the, the Touching You Today one. It was after, I think, it was as we were getting ready to go. Yeah. But, like, yeah, she's like, she's like, each one of them, I'm like, well, there's one guy in it that's got severe autism. Like, <laughs> Is, is it you? Is this your way of building up to the fact that, oh, I did a documentary with Chris Packham? I wish. I wish. No, but this he's got, he's like non-verbal. He cannot, mm. like he wants to, but he can't. So, so you, 15 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Before <laughs> this podcast, basically. <laughs> so, but he, he has like a... Speaker like, spell. Yeah, he basically just types it and it, he has conversations that way. But aside from him, the other three... <laughs> That was the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> the other three, I'm like, I can relate to all of you in different ways. Like, the, there's the stand-up comedian girl that's like, I am a silent person. So every time I go out into the world and people want to talk to me, it's all improv. <laughs> like, I have nothing to say. I'm having to constantly just improvise on the spot. And I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds like me. Then there's this guy that's, like, so stuck in his routines He'll have like a complete mental breakdown of his bus is a minute late, or if he gets if he's late somewhere, or his routine gets yeah. thrown out. And I'm like, also sounds like me. And then there's the guy that's like oversensitive to noise, mm. like he, he just like just walking from his house to college, it just fucks him up for the mm. day, and he has to go and sit at the back of the class, and he can't concentrate on his work. If even one person in the classroom's talking, so he's got these big old fucking headphones on all the time, trying to cancel it, and I'm like, that sounds like me too. Yeah, <laughs> just Jesus. like I have never been more convinced that I'm autistic than I am now. Like I've done all the tests, I've watched some documentaries, I've done some reading about it, and I'm like, I have a little bit. I'm nowhere near like as far on the spectrum as can all I, these people. Can I register for like? care of yeah absolutely i think i think i should this is basically now community outreach work yeah. i'm doing on this part you're he- helping an autistic <laughs> and i would not if i care this is community this is not a bit <laughs> like i know we're having fun with it but this is not a bit where oh like, no he genuinely is guys you but like i said we've been friends for a very long time i genuinely believe he is i'm on the spectrum yeah you are special this and, is this year we're gonna get we're gonna find out we're gonna we're gonna make a whole thing of it. That's gonna be a special episode. Oh yeah, 
You're going to wear a hidden lapel mic in episode your- 160. <laughs> Autism. Autism. Autism <laughs> and Reggie. We're going to break it down in two hours. <laughs> and, uh, and there's going to be jokes. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, hashtag cancelled. <laughs> but it makes so, like, it makes so much sense. I think back to loads of different things that have happened in my life, and I'm like, huh. So I'm not just like, you know, hard work. I mean, you are. I, but, <laughs> but, uh, I, I I'm not just a problem. I'm not just like, you know, the person that fucks things up. I've actually got something genuinely <laughs> wrong with me. Wow, it makes sense. <laughs> See, I had a very similar moment uh, watching... <laughs> just sitting there laughing. Because I know it's going to be something like... Something that basically ends up with you being some kind of god. Uh, no, I had a very similar passion moment. Of the, passion of the Christ. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am persecuted for being fucking no, when, great. When he, was, when he stabbed him with a spear, I was like, that, that guy with the spear is my spirit, and <laughs> Put it in the wrong hole. The wrong hole, buddy. Use the other end. You can yeah. use it more often. Um, <laughs> no, I had a very similar moment watching uh, the Zap Brannigan episodes of Futurama. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. That's over my head. You don't watch Futurama? I've seen a couple of Zach episodes. Brannigan's the massively over-the-top Captain Kirk. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God, no, yeah. He doesn't care about other people. I don't care about other people. He wears a velour skirt all the time. I wish I could wear a velour skirt all the time. He has an ugly minion sidekick. I have an ugly minion sidekick. Come on, that's no way to talk about Amy. Oh, I'm going to tell her you said that. But tell her it came off the back of a 10-minute conversation about how I've got autism. I mean, she's fairly certain she has as well. So I'm fairly certain we've both got it. This is not going to help. I see, guys, you see what? I, I am a fucking saint. I am a care in the community saint. I've got an adopted foreign dog. I'm surrounded by autistic people. I've adopted two autistics. And my child, the less said about him, the better. <laughs> Love you, Cody. <laughs> Captain America. I think we've salvaged some kind of episode. <laughs> I think we've salvaged something. I'm not sure it's something we want to put out into the world, but who cares? I haven't got time to edit it. <laughs> yeah. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yes, continuing our slog through the Marvel Universe. You Although at this point, it's not a slog. No, it's not a slog anymore. Post-Endgame, it's going to be a slog. Yeah, I'm not. I am. I, I have barely watched anything yes, post-Endgame. No, I, don't so. think I, I haven't watched anything. I'm going to watch Wakanda forever because I fucking love... Black Panther. I haven't got around to it yet. No. And I want to watch that way in advance of when we cover it. But I haven't watched anything post-Endgame. I, I was all the, I got myself a little bit marvelled out Yes, after Endgame, and I was like, they should have just ended it, given it five years. They, yeah, they need to give it a sensible yeah. break, but... but it's uh, a cash cow. Why would you give it a break when it's hot? Spider-Man one with Mysterio. No Way Home? Far from home. Far from home. Because it was homecoming, far from home, and then No Way Home. I haven't seen No Way Home yet because that's the one with Doctor Strange. I've seen Far From Home. That's the one where, where they're in Venice. Iron Man's dead. Yeah, I've actually seen that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's post. I think that's the only thing I've seen post Endgame. The first one, po- post Endgame, I think, and that's why I saw it. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right, actually. Yeah. I actually thoroughly enjoyed that compared yes. to the first Spider Man. I wasn't really into the first one. I, 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 liked, I liked the new Spider Man. But then again, like. I didn't remember anything about Fall of the Dark World, and then I really enjoyed it. So yeah, this is true. Yeah, cool, we'll watch it, and I'll probably we'll gush watch about it. it. This was shit. Yeah. Actually, I rewatched it um, 
Rewatch it. Oh, yeah, I rewatched it, and then about a month later, uh, this put it probably sometime over Christmas. I watched the um, "Everything Wrong with" video oh, on on yeah. YouTube, um, which is a nice recap. And it's like I really enjoy this film, and now they're going to rip it a new one. But a lot of the things they they I'm say sure, they are spot on with. I'm sure there are people out there in the world that see that we've covered something. <laughs> like, I don't know. What was that anime we did the other week? Um, uh, the, my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, like, oh my god, oh my god, they it. and my neighbor Totoro together. All my dreams have come true, and then like literally half an hour, maybe, and like they're all fucking pedophiles. Yeah, and they go away crushed. Yeah, just like I did after that episode. <laughs> this is why I don't watch YouTube videos about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with things that I like? I like to stay blissfully ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, a lot of the things they point out. Are things I've already thought on. It's just funny hearing them do it. I'm sure. So, we watched Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which I really like this film. Uh, <laughs> I was very excited to get into this film. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use half of my very last note. This is by far the best Marvel film we've watched so far. Yeah. It is. Yeah. In, uh, if you take all the Marvel films up to this point, this is the best one we've seen yeah. so far. I really, really like this film. And I think this is the best one because this feels least like a Marvel film. Yes. It feels more like an adult thriller. Yes, it does. It does. Like, look at all the shiny it's CG. Not, and it's the, not so massively over the top. Any not, Iron Man film is going to be over the top, yeah. as with any Thor film. Yeah. But with, in fact, most of the Marvel films can't help but be over the top. Yeah, because of what? Because, yeah, because of the focus and, and the that, main characters. And, and that, let's but, face it, that's half of what you go for to switch your brain off and go, yeah, look, look at all the pretty colours. Yeah. yeah. And the heroes. But when you sit down and you watch this, within like the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is not, this is not this, what. This is what, not, what, no. no. This it, is something else. This is why, this is why Captain America is my, despite the fact, my, given my views on America and <laughs> yeah. Americans in general, <laughs> He's my favourite superhero. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, if I turned up yesterday, would you have been dressed as Captain America? I was very, very tempted. <laughs> oh, really? Wonderful. I was very, very Didn't tempted. Didn't expect it tonight, not on a Monday night. No. You've been at work all day, but... Yeah, I was very tempted. I, I tried it. After after watching this film, guys, I bought, I bought... God, when this film came out, I think, I went online and I ordered a Captain America stealth uniform okay. suit. Um, I also bought a shield, which I've got downstairs, which is yeah, awesome. That is awesome. Um, and it, according to the website, it was my size. When it arrived, it was fucking massive. Oh, okay. I literally couldn't, the trousers wouldn't stay up. They yeah. literally just fell <coughs> back down and it was massive around everywhere. And I was really pissed off because I was like, oh, fuck, I was looking forward to wearing this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but then I looked at like the return policy and they were like, they would only give me 50% back and I'd have to pay for the thing to yeah. shipping back. And I was like, fuck okay. it. I'll keep it. Either I'll sell it or yeah. I'll do something with it. After watching this the other night, I was like, I wonder. And yeah, apparently I've now put on enough weight that yeah. I can wear it. <laughs> so hooray for being a lazy Which fat one? bastard. So the stealth one, is it the, the one he wears at the beginning? The one he wears the at the beginning on the Lemurian stuff. I fucking love that. That, I've got a note on that. No, and I'll, I'll burn it now because that is my favourite Captain America yes, costume. No. It is quite possibly my favourite superhero costume in the entire MCU. Oh, it doesn't. 
it doesn't. It doesn't even come close to Christian Bale Batman for me, but <laughs> within Marvel, yeah, easily because it's so understated. Yes, because the one he, the classic one, he, the classic one, it's over the top. It's supposed to be, it's, yeah. Else. You're like, it's cool. But it's cool, but that it's, one, yeah, it's understated. It's blue with the the yeah. silver. The star one line is actually is a metal one oh, as okay. well, and it's like oh, it's lush, yeah. it's lush, but. Anyway, you'd have to get Amy to take a picture and post it. Would you? Have to I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wear it for something. I don't know what because I've got Bucky hair, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't really work. No. I'd have to do like an alternative timeline or something where Bucky was the was Captain America. And, I'm sure there's a comic book. Oh, out there, there absolutely is. Like a I mean, what if or something. Bucky should have been. Um, the, he should have handed the shield to him at the end of. Endgame oh, rather than Falcon. But yeah, yeah. we'll get to that when we get to that. We've got a few months yet. So, I've got loads of trivia, obviously, because you know it's a one. Until I was doing the schedule the other day, in my head, Infinity War was released, and the yeah. next film was Endgame. But when I was working it all out, it's not. It's yeah. like Infinity War, Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, then oh, Endgame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they had to... Because what I realised is... Backfill, don't in, they? In between yeah. Infinity War and Endgame, they had to figure out how to get, A, a super, another super powerful character into it, yep. and B, how to go into the quantum, whatever it is, yeah. to figure out and how to, to do the thing. fill in the blanks that they're, they're like, kind of got to jam two films in here just to explain this one. Okay, let's go. Of course, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of Ant-Man, the snap happens. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And obviously... Uh, Captain Marvel uh, is it Captain Marvel? Yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah, um, is all set in the eighties anyway. Yeah. before the oh, events of Endgame. Nineties. Is it nineties? Yeah, because Stan Lee's cameo was in reading Kevin Smith's script for Morats because he was in Morats, uh, and he's apparently okay. on his way to the audition. <laughs> Meta. The highlight of that film. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be an I, I, I've got to take that back because I went to see it with my mum and this girl and the girl was the only one that stayed away from that film. <laughs> I, I loved that film. That's one of my favourite I probably will. MCU. It was a bit Top Gun. The bit so I remember was a bit Top Gun for me. I was never the yeah. biggest Top Gun fan. Uh, yeah, true. And uh, yeah, I fell asleep for a huge <laughs> chunk in the middle. We were in the car on the way home. She's like, do you remember this bit? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but this bit is the best bit in the whole film. No. Oh. Well, we got a trivia. We, I'm sure we got. We got loads of trivia, which it's, is it's good because thing. So I did a classic subject, and I kind of watched this film both times. I don't have anywhere near enough notes to justify my fanboying that we just did <laughs> okay. because I spent. Considering this film is two hours and eighteen minutes yeah, long, <laughs> long. You better. It's not. It doesn't feel like a. It two doesn't hours. feel. There's no filler in it either. Oh, absolutely not. In fact, in fact, <laughs> they cut. They huge cut bits, chunks, yeah. chunks out, and just skip straight past them. Like, Ain't no one got time. Ain't for got how time Falcon got his wings. Nope. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, here we are. The film was released on the fourth of April, twenty fourteen. Oh, okay. See, now I'd have expected like fourth of July or something. Yeah, but like nine years ago. Yeah. Jesus. I remember it- this film coming out around the same time as Rogue One because I remember very excitedly Ooh, saying to you and Dale like. They're doing serious genre films. Like Captain America's done a spy like yeah. sorry, Marvel's done a spy film. Star Wars are doing war, war films. films. This is the future. And yeah, And look like, where we are now. Then The Last Jedi come out. <laughs> <laughs> Proved me wrong. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, had a budget of 170 million US dollars. And you see every you single see penny. Every of it. single penny of it because in fact, every you shot in this. So crisp. $220 million worth of <laughs> CG alone in this film. Uh, the box office, it made $714.4 million, US dollars, which is, we, we're getting to the realms of stupid money. We are, but it's gone down. I mean, Avengers made a billion. It did. And so we've gone, they're going back down a little bit. Yeah, now. but I'm, the individual films always made less than the, yeah. the ensemble ones, uh, but I expected. I was stupidly under the impression that once... They made the first billion dollar film. Mm. All the others were billion dollars after that. But no, no. The, the, yeah, I, I think they made another billion until um, Infinity War. Okay, but they still made like, what, 530-something million on this one? Was, yeah, this was $714 million at the box office. Minus 170. Minus 170. So that's, yeah. yeah. We're, we're in the realms of crazy money here. Amounts of money that us as normal people can't even visualise. Like 544 million, uh, possibly. <laughs> yeah, my brain's it's, not it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> my maths isn't that good. So uh, it was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Yeah, the Russo brothers. Yeah. Big them up. Yes, definitely. Shout out the Russo brothers if you want to come on a fit on our podcast, by well, all we, means. Well, I promise that, you know, I'll drink coffee and be awake. We'll be awake for that. And we won't even talk about Sissy Fem Boys unless you want to. Um, in which case we were both cosplayers well, well, yeah get those two on our fucking podcast Anything ain't much alright cosplayers um, produced by Kevin Feige I even pronounced his name right this yeah. time yeah see Kevin Gross. Feige um, based on Captain America created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby yes starring Chris Evans Scarlett Johansson Sebastian Stan Anthony Mackie Kobe Smulders Frank Grillo Emily Van Camp Hayley Atwell Toby Jones Robert Redford and Samuel L. Jackson That's Samuel Motherfucking Jackson Jackson. (laughs) That is some cast right It's a hell of a cast It is You just look at that and it's like there are some big names in there But nobody really even though it's a Captain America film and we're following Chris Evans Mm. He doesn't outshine any of the other no. people, but not one of them outshines him either. Yeah. Robert Redford comes close. Robert Redford is so good in this film. I don't have a lot of knowledge about other Robert Redford films because no. it was a bit before my time, but he is incredible in this. Yeah. He, he makes a fabulous villain because oh, yeah. he doesn't seem, even when it's revealed that he's a villain. He doesn't seem like right. a villain. That bit with the cleaner when she comes back in the scarf. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. And just <laughs> out of hand. Oh, I wish you had a not it's this blam moment. Like I, I watched that the second time I watched it, I watched that scene really closely. But he just does this slight for like half a second facial like Yeah before he picks the before gun up. Before he picks the gun like, up. Yeah, it's just like he's doesn't want to do it. Yeah. So he's not a sociopath. He's just disappointed. He's disappointed in her <laughs> yeah. for not knocking and for making him do it. Make, yeah, exactly. But there's this is half a second he makes. A lot of actors wouldn't have done that. A lot of actors would have just gone, oh, fuck, I picked the gun up a shot. Yeah. But the really good actors know how to just chuck these tiny it's a very little. personable performance. Facial movements in. Yeah. And you're like, fuck me. Especially since that, that scene is not particularly well lit. No. And the angle is yeah. off. So it's like he didn't need he to do that, to. but he does. He brings a he whole another level yeah. to it. Um, he also reminds me of, uh, what's his name from The Who? Oh, Roger Daltrey. Roger Daltrey. 
they, they, those two are separated at birth. The older they get, yeah. the more alike they look. Yeah. It's weird. I agree. Um, <clears throat> Nick Fury relates the story of his grandfather being an elevator operator. In real life, Samuel L. Jackson's grandfather was an elevator operator. With a loaded Magnum in a bag? I don't know if he had a Magnum 21 in his lunch bag, but uh, <laughs> he was an elevator operator. I like that. I like that scene. There's, there's, Very I much. think there's quite a few bits like that carried over into this yeah. film. Um, <coughs> Anthony Mackie's appearance in this film fulfills his dream of playing a Marvel comic book character. He wrote a series of email pleas to Marvel wanting to play any comic character that would appear on film. Though the studio repeatedly replied to him they will respond in due time, Mackie's emails caught the attention of producer Kevin Feige, who subsequently offered him the role of Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. Ah. I love the fact, I love the thought of him going, hey guys, can I be in one of your films? I don't care who I play. Yeah. Don't forget Come me. on, please. Come on, don't forget me. <laughs> so you got another film coming out. I'm still available. <laughs> Keep my calendar open. I've had to trace up some people at work to try and close off this job I'm doing. I've sent three emails and... <laughs> like chasing it and at this point I'm like I just want to wash my wash my wash hands. your hands the whole thing <laughs> whereas he's just like free that is nothing <laughs> I email three times a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah just imagine that he's just got a schedule to go yeah. out on the hour every hour um, unlike other films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe this movie minimised the use of visual effects as much as possible Anthony Mackie elaborated the Russos, what they did was so that was so great was they wanted to stay with live action, which is a dying art form. If they could build it, they built it. If we could do it, we did it. They wanted to do as little CGI as possible. That's why the movie looks so great. Yeah, which is kind of what we were alluding to earlier. I know. I just said they spent two hundred and twenty million on CG just for the helicarriers. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> like, I've got it as one of my notes, so I'm a bit loath to talk about it now because I haven't got many notes. Yeah. But that that elevator scene mm. when they hit the bottom, yes, and he turns around and he takes it in, and they did the full sweep of that hangar. Yeah, every single bit of that is CG. Yeah, and that is some of the best CG mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen. It looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah, but also eighty six percent real. Yes, yeah, it looks real. Like if you really stare at it, as I did the second time. Towards the back, like right at the back, yeah. you can kind of see. But the stuff that's up close and the, the stuff that's actually occupying your attention, mid. yeah, it looks so real. Yeah, enough. They, they, they get they what they do with modern films is something they didn't do with older films. In fact, the first the first thing like CG wise, I can think of really doing this is Firefly. Mm. I know we discussed this on one of the early episodes when we talked about that that they were really focused on making the stuff mechanical yeah, and realistic yeah, yeah. and looking, okay, how does this actually work? Yeah, yeah. And then they represented that in the CG. This does that. Yeah. Everything, the MCU does that to a, to a huge extent up until you get start getting to the nanite technology yeah, yeah. where it all just goes a bit shit. But up until then, they're very focused on, okay, well, how would this work? Yeah. And how can we represent the way that works on screen with this CG? And this film carries that mm. to the nth degree. Yeah, absolutely. Where everything in the helicarriers that you get a close look at, you're it's like, real. oh, okay, it looks real, I see how that would work yeah. now, yeah. Which is really clever. And yeah, it's probably why they spent so much on CG. Oh, <laughs> but uh, for a film with very little CG. Yeah. Like the helicarriers, that underground hangar bay and... The, the, the sh- Quinjets. Yeah, that's about it. That's I'm about struggling it. to yeah. really... Even the bit where... What's his name? Robolo? 
Uh, Rumlow. Rumlow. Yeah. After they blow up the, the base in New Jersey and, and she'll turn up to see... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, he has to walk down the rubble to get into the, the forefront yeah. of the camera. That rubble, they built that it's set. built, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Imagine just, like, what are you building today? Blown up building. And yeah. it's got slabs of concrete yeah. and it's just dropping down. Um... Robert Redford wanted to do the film because his grandchildren are fans of Marvel films and he, he wanted them to see him in one. Yeah, being a fucking villain. <laughs> yeah, being a villain. <laughs> I think I've got another note wild, yeah. with him discussing that, actually. Um, Black Widow mentions Operation Paperclip, yeah, which, which was a real-world real reference to the Office of Strategic Services, OSS, program, in which over 1,500 German scientists, technicians, and engineers from Nazi Germany and other foreign countries were brought into the United States for employment in the aftermath of World War II. Yeah, absolutely real. It's a ridiculous name because it just reminds me of the little pop-up thing, Clippy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're trying to incorporate Nazi scientists. Can I help you with that? <laughs> um, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson wrote their own dialogue for several scenes they had together. Uh, I'm going to jump to that anytime she's trying to get him to hook up with someone. I was going to go for the, the, the driving scene. After uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, I've, I've got a long note on, on the... Uh, Natasha and Steve yeah. Rogers relationship and why it's my favourite one in the MCU oh okay uh, when the helicarriers are revealed for the first time Fury mentions to Captain America that Stark insisted on making changes to the propulsion systems once he got a closer look yeah in Avengers Iron Man struggled to restart the damaged propeller based engines of an earlier generation helicarrier so the new helicarriers all use repulsive technology instead of propellers yeah which I like I like, I like that's a nice yeah. little touch when they fire it up and you're like it makes the noise (laughs) (laughs) Um, when asked why Tony Stark Bruce Banner or any of the other Avengers weren't called to help Captain America Mm. or Black Widow in the film the screenwriters explained that the movie only takes place in about three days therefore the characters didn't have a chance to contact them and I did wonder that because I'm like, it's, it's a recurring like trope now that you get these big superhero ensembles, but when they have their individual ones, it's like, just them on their ask? own. And it's like, okay, you know, I, mean, if I you think the better explanation days, yeah. would be like, you know, Iron Man's in the Middle East dealing with something and falls back on Asgard. Back on Asgard. Yeah, I don't know, getting drunk and eating balls. Banner's meditating because you know, <laughs> he's going for a rough patch and he might hold out at any moment. But, yeah. like, you know, they're all busy being them. Well, we know where Tony Stark is because when Operation Insight goes live, we get a shot of the Avengers Tower yeah. and it's got a little target for Tony Stark. Yeah. So we know where he is, or it was at least at that point. Um, Fuck Hydra. <laughs> no, hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> there are new sponsors. Uh, Cap's new costume takes cues from the super soldier outfit he wore when he served as director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. Oh, uh, interesting. I, I remember seeing something about that online and I was like, oh, that looks cool. I was like, wait, that's the one from that. And yeah, apparently that in would one he, of the spin off arcs. Would he make a good director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I don't think so. The, the MCU Steve Rogers? No. Probably not. But I know in some, the of, the, books, some yeah. of the comic book arcs, Stuff gets dark. Oh, there's there's a whole arc where apparently where they he takes over the world because apparently he's been yeah like, undercover as a hydra. He's been a hydra time. agent yeah. all along, yeah. Um, but that was a cosmic cube, so obviously in true comic book fashion, <laughs> once they were bought by that, they, they went back to normal. Yeah, retcon. Yeah. Um, 
the shopping centre in which Black Widow and Captain America... The shopping centre which Black Widow and Captain America visit in order to find the origin of the encrypted USB stick is called the Tower City Centre in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. The front of the building and its concourse were used in Avengers Assemble as the opera hall in which Loki confronts the German opera patrons. Ah. Yeah. I didn't know that because no. they don't look anything no, alike. No, no. But I suppose that's what lighting can do. Yeah. <laughs> set design. Um, set dressing. Set dressing, that's it, yeah. While writing the script, there was a big possibility of Hawkeye being in the film. Ooh. However, the writers felt that there were too many characters introduced and they didn't want Hawkeye to be there without any depth. They instead decided to write a small scene in which Hawkeye and his whereabouts are mentioned, which was shot, but ultimately wasn't included in the film. Yeah, I think there's so much story to tell mm. already in this film that we don't get, like, as I said, how Falcon gets his wings. Yeah. And there's other little mm. bits that they just seem to... Just, just gloss over because runtime. <laughs> and although this would have been a really good film for Hawkeye because he is street level, he is yes, he could have done the actual fighting. I just don't think there was space for him. It was either him in the story or Black Widow. Yeah, and it's better you get Captain America and Black Widow as a male and a female rather than two. Yeah, males. and for the end game of this story. Yeah. It wouldn't work if it was Hawkeye revealing all those secrets because they're not his secrets to reveal, yeah. whereas with Natasha, she can do that. Um, Kevin Feige selected Joe and Anthony Russo to direct the film on the basis of their two back-to-back -back episodes of Community that they directed, <coughs> with which Feige was impressed. They were Season 2, Episode 23, A Fistful of Paintballs, yeah. and Season 2, Episode 24... For a few paintballs more. Yeah. Two of my favourite community yeah. episodes. And that's why, what's his face? Abad. Uh, Abed. Abed, yes. <laughs> I forgot he was in it. Me, me I, I think the first time I watched this, I had no idea what community he was. All right. <laughs> so I watched it this time, I was like, fucking Abed, let's yeah. try it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, if Donald Glover had been in as well, they should have just been like, just to he's sat next yeah. to each other. <laughs> Uh, Co-director Joe Russo is a big fan of YouTube channel called Screen Junkies. One of their segments is called Honest Trailers, which features spoofing movie trailers which poke fun at the movies for which they appear to be. Russo was aiming this film to be honest trailer proof. However, Screen Junkies did release an honest trailer for it in August of 2014, and the Russo brothers appeared in a special video to discuss it with the YouTube channel host Hal Rudnick and Honest Traders writers Dan Morell and Spencer Gilbert in uh, April 16th, 2016. That's awesome. Do you think there's any like high-profile people out there that are massive fans of touching? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. We're going to make the most I think Paul Rudd's a big touching fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, well, he couldn't ever admit it because it would tarnish his uh, family-friendly yeah. uh, image. But <laughs> there's, got, there's got to be someone out there that... Like maybe Marilyn Manson. Am <laughs> 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 I the only person twisted enough? Lord, yeah, no, I can't think of many other people. Uh, but if you are, yeah. by all means, come out. We'll More do a special welcome. episode. Talk.until at gmail.com. There up. we go. Yeah, we've been, we've been pimping that email out all over the fucking place yeah. lately. Um, it's not paying off because no one's getting back to us. Shout out, Sean. Shout out, Sean. Yeah. Uh, no, we won't, by the way. Uh, Anthony Mackie likes to say, cut the check. Whenever something had gone right or a scene had been completed, okay. the phrase caught on during filming, and before long, everyone on set was saying it. <laughs> Cut the check. Cut I the don't check. Think I've ever heard anyone say it ever. Not not like that. No. no. I thought it'd be like on your left. 
the freighter Batroc hijacks in the beginning of the film is named the Lemurian Star. This is a reference to Lemuria, the sunk. I can't pronounce that word. Lemuria. There we go. This I can't podcast. <laughs> the sunk. Here I am. <laughs> the sunken continent that was the home of the Deviants, a race of superhumans created by Jack Kirby. Oh, awesome. It's like all these little references and things, and you've got to be a hardcore comic book nerd yeah. to pick up half of them. Like, I love comic books, but I don't have... Like, my knowledge is about 2%. Yeah. And it's just not enough time. In, in, no. <laughs> even if I was to just fuck everything else off for, for the rest of my life... There's not enough time to read every comic book. No, you spend the next twenty years yeah. just trying to catch up. Yeah. Uh, this movie takes two year takes place two years after Avengers Assemble. Oh, yeah, further a, a bigger span time, of time than yeah. I thought. Absolutely. Um, it is chapter three. Hang of, on, hello. If it's two years, yeah. Why is that? Would mean like how long has Captain America been out of the ice by the time we get to Avengers? Um, Six months. Yeah, not long at all. Probably, probably not even six months. Well, let's just say it's two years. In two years, he's still still making a list of things to catch up on. I mean, he is going off and beating up hijackers. He's working yeah. for Shield, you know. I suppose, yeah. And they don't exactly keep a regular timetable. Yeah. And he's got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Yeah, I know. But you would have thought Nirvana would have been closer. I mean, you were literally just saying you don't have time to read comic books and you're only trying to catch up on, like, 40 years. Oh, he, like Batman's been around so 70. You've years. had 40 years in which to yeah, do this yeah. and you aren't caught up. So he's had two and a half years whilst, you know, avenging. I occasionally <laughs> contradict myself. Occasionally. <laughs> That's a core part of this podcast. Thing is, like I used to do it on purpose, but I don't <laughs> that was not on purpose. Um, it's chapter three of phase two in the Marvel Cinematic it Universe. Indeed. Georges Saint-Pierre, who plays Batroc the Leaper, is a former UFC welterweight champion, 2008-2013, having vacated his title in December 2013. He got beaten up by a Hollywood actor. <laughs> I don't think you actually got beaten up by a Hollywood actor. And I do apologise, uh, Saint-Pierre, if I mispronounced your name. And I do apologise for my constant yawning, but we did 10 minutes on how tired I am. We did. We have covered this. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow and Captain America are interrogating... Si- Fuck's sake. This is not just me. Whilst Black Widow and Captain America are interrogating Sitwell, he says that S.H.I.E.L.D. knows everything about them, even their SAT scores. Neither Natasha, who is Russian, nor Steve, who was born in 1918, would have ever taken an SAT. No. Yeah. That's a faux pas, right? Yeah. I think it's a bit like, it reminds me of that, uh, the bit in the Firefly pilot episode where Jane is about to interrogate Dobson. They know how many nose hairs you have. <laughs> that, to me, it's it's yeah. the same thing. Uh, the name X07 of the prototype wings used by Sam Wilson is a pun on the French pronunciation Exocet, which is the name of the only family of flying fish in France, huh. which have long, shiny wings. Fascinating. It's odd. It is odd. It's a very odd reference. Is that... So... Was it the comic book writer? I don't know whether XO Seven. I think the XO Seven is is an MCU thing, oh, so I okay. think it's for this rather than okay. uh, in the comic book. I could again, I could be wrong, but doesn't Falcon in or the original incarnation of Falcon actually have wings rather than a, a jetpack with wings? It's completely possible. Yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about. I don't know enough Marvel about comics. 
Um, during filming, Sebastian Stan would walk around all day practicing his moves with a plastic knife because he wanted his movements to feel natural. To prepare for the role of the Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan went through five months of physical training and historical research. I dove into the whole Cold War history. I looked at the KGB. I looked at all kinds of spy movies and all kinds of documentaries about that time and what it was about. I grabbed anything from that time period and anything about brainwashing. Which, to be honest, was a bit of a wasted effort because... Because he doesn't do much. He doesn't do much. <laughs> he, he does some cool shit. fight scenes and has about a dozen lines of dialogue. <laughs> In this film, but he goes yes. on to play a bigger part. Obviously, and yeah, that, yeah. that practice will stand him in good stead, but... He was incredible. clearly very excited to play the oh, role. yeah. But, I, like, if I'm an actor, right, I don't have a day job. Like, no. Like, he's, at this point, he's a, he's a well-known actor. He hasn't got a day job. And you, you get that signed contract yeah. from Marvel. And they're like, okay, we're doing, like, I don't know, a take on World War Two. I would be like, dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> I spent the next six months learning everything there is to know about World War II. Uh The catch-up list that uh, Captain America keeps with him varies from country to country yeah. to make the references, you know, uh, applicable to the local community. All versions list Thai food, Star Wars, Star Trek, Nirvana, Band, Rocky, Rocky 2, with a question mark next to it, and then, obviously, the Trouble Man soundtrack. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> go through that list again, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say yay yeah or no. Uh, Thai food. Absolutely. Banging. My favourite <laughs> kind of food. Star Wars. Obviously. Star Trek. Yeah. I may not be the biggest fan, but I can understand it's culturally. It's one of those cultural, yeah. culturally significant things. Nirvana, of course. Rocky, mm. yeah, mm. and possibly Rocky too. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh. and the Trouble Man soundtrack, which is it's good. Marvin Gaye, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be good. Yeah, I've never actually listened to it. Well, not knowing me anyway. No, but come on, it's Marvin Gaye. It's Marvin Gaye. Everyone's heard Marvin Gaye. Uh, in several scenes, Natasha Romanov, a.k.a. Black Widow, wears a necklace with an arrow on it. Yeah. This is a reference to her teammate Hawkeye, but it also spread the doubt of them being lovers. The necklace was Scarlett Johansson's idea. Oh. Because there is lovers. that. No, I know. We know that now. Bad but time, no one knows. Obviously, in Avengers, yeah. there's that whole, oh, oh, what is yeah. their past together? They're very close. And yeah, obviously now we know they're literally just friends. But. Yeah. Uh, Jasper Sitwell. Which you think they ever fucked? You know, just as friends. We've got to get back on brand it. Um, yes. Why okay. not? They were probably in a in a shootout or something, and yeah. her zip slipped too low, and he was just like, "Oh, oh narrow oh for that, God. baby." He tripped and fell, landed right tripped in the driver. Fell and blam! He never misses a shot. Um, Jasper Sitwell. Played by Maximiliano Hernandez, which is an awesome name. That is an awesome name. <laughs> um, mentions some high-risk targets that Hydra is keeping tabs on. Among these are Bruce Banner, obviously the Hulk, Dr. Stephen Strange, and a man in Cairo. The latter is most likely Mark Spector, or Moon Knight, ah. an Avengers team member who hasn't made it into the movies yet, but obviously has had a series, show, yeah. which I haven't seen. And I, really I haven't seen Bash Tom. It was incredible. So. I've read a couple of the Moon Knight <laughs> comic book arcs, oh, okay. and they were really good. So, um, yeah, I kind of want to watch that. I kind of lost over the whole Manny Cairo part because I was just like, they're talking about Doctor Strange. It's Doctor Strange! And he hasn't even had a film yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, to me, was one of them things, like, as a kid... We were starved of this kind of stuff yeah. growing up. 
So if somebody made a reference to someone <laughs> from their universe in anything, you'd be like, fucking no. I that. get that reference. And again here, I'm like, Doctor Strange hasn't even had a film yet. Film and they're, yet, referencing, and they're referencing, referencing him. It's like, right, well, that we can tick that one off yeah, the list. So nostalgic. It takes me back to my childhood. Um, the elevator fight with the strike team attempting to take Cap prisoner is an homage to the Civil War story arc when Cap refuses to participate in the government's plan to register all superheroes and S.H.I.E.L.D. attempts to take him prisoner. Yeah. Obviously, that's in the comic book story arc because we get to see that in the Civil War film. I think I completely forgot bits of this film when mm. I sat down to watch Civil War because it opens with them and they're called, right? They're all in the court and they're yeah. all having to explain themselves. But this film ends with Black with the, Widow sat there yeah. and I was just like, <laughs> like, I'd completely forgotten that. So when I went to see Civil War, I was like, ooh, it's kind of out of the blue. <laughs> uh, the Winter Sol- Soldier only lands a total of nine hits in the entire film with his metal arm. Oh, one punch on Cap in the street fight, yeah. one backhand on the Doctor fixing his arm, yeah. and seven hits on Cap in the final fight, all of which are hits Cap lets him land. Yeah. All of his other strikes are either blocked or with his non-metal arm. Much like Cap, he uses his metal arm as a shield mainly to block, yeah. which and is even more ridiculous very... than Cap hiding behind that fucking shield. Yeah, both have very similar, very similar fighting, fighting styles. styles. Yeah. Which makes them a nice foil for one another. And just even more like in sync and in tune as Yeah. yeah. You ready for you ready for something a little bit off the wall? Let's go. The Winter Soldier title is assumed to refer to either Bucky's nickname, um, the Cold War, or how he was kept in a cold base suspended animation between missions. But from the commentary, it actually refers to an eighteenth century quote from Thomas Paine, which runs thus. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he, the winter soldier that stands by it now, deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Therefore, thematically, the winter soldier is actually Captain America and not Bucky. Yeah. And I was like, God damn! Copy, paste, yeah, that's going in there. <laughs> they call Bucky the Winter Soldier. Yeah, his so. his nickname in the spy community is literally the Winter Soldier. But yeah, although that may be the name where the name comes from. When was that quote? Eighteen. Uh, eighteen. I've skipped onto the next page. That is from an eighteenth-century quote. So seventeen something. Because that quote would have fit right after, like. You know, parts of World War Two. Yeah. Like Stalingrad, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the summer troops, we're going to have to fight them, but don't worry, the winter troops, they're going to starve to death <laughs> in Stalingrad because we got them surrounded. Yeah. yeah. And eventually, they How well that went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the body count. I knew you were going to ask me this yesterday. <laughs> and you still don't have an answer for it. 36. Not even fucking close. No, I didn't think so. 18,063. <laughs> How? I'm not entirely sure, but several sources agreed on that. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going through to count what, them. Are they all agents? I don't know. Is there not a breakdown? Like, I don't know, X amount of Hydra agents and this. No, and the, 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 this, this. In order to get to 18,000, there's. I'm. 
flanking on some big... I'm assuming they're counting all the deaths from the helicarriers because they do mention... that. I think Cap mentions, you know, we've got to assume they're all Hydra. Yeah. All the crews are Hydra. And yeah, we've got to assume that. We've got otherwise... to assume that because otherwise we can't blow the fuckers up. Yeah. <laughs> the heroes of this film cease to be heroes. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. 18,063. Ah. Which is, I think, so far the biggest body count of any MCU film. Absolutely, but let's be let's be fair to me. Thirty six is the opposite way, way round of sixty three. I just forgot the other eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totes. Um, I love Steve's fist. No. Uh, yeah, definitely, mate. I love Steve's fist. You love <laughs> Jake's. <laughs> just the right size. I love Steve's <laughs> list of things he needs to check out. I didn't apparently elaborate on that note. I just love it. I just love he's got a list of things that he needs to, <laughs> and the things that are on that list. I'm like. As yeah. we previously mentioned, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I love most of them. Uh, I, uh, I, my, my first note is actually from before I even pressed play. Oh, okay. Remember when every film didn't have to be at least two hours long? It was the same as the last Marvel film. Yeah, I know, but oh, I could keep moaning about two it. Two-hour film. Oh, fucking two-hour film. Do we need another two-hour comic book film? Yes. I mean, I would say no, but clearly, what do I know? I didn't make a billion dollars. I, like a free hour I would say film. we don't need any more two and a half hour long films. <laughs> and we don't need any three hour films unless they are in game. Unless they are in game. <laughs> but I think I think two honestly two hours is about my limit. Yeah. But with normally with Marvel films, they're so fast paced and there's so much going on. Yeah, there's a lot to keep you focused. Yeah, that you don't really realise they're two hours. This is there's so much story, so mystery in. and intrigue, you don't realise you're watching two yeah. hours, twenty minutes. Although I looked it up online, how long is this film? And it said two hours four minutes. And then I went on Disney and it's two hours, two 18. hours eighteen. And I was just like, where's this fourteen minutes disappear? Maybe that's probably the credits. Uh, because they'll be counting the actual runtime, yeah, and then obviously the mid-credit scene and the end-credit scene, yeah. but they won't count the bits right. where it's just the scrolling because no one cares about that. The music in this film sounds more like a Batman film than a Marvel film. Does doesn't it? It's right at the beginning, yeah, yeah. and then it carries on throughout. It's, there's a definite, there was definitely a pre-ordained, although that's not the real word I want to use, but they went into it like this has got to be darker. Yeah. We can't have. We've got to have a slight amount of, like, hero, because it's Captain yeah, it's America. Captain America. But, but everything. They're going for a very different tone from the first Captain America film. And musically, it's so much darker, but yeah. it sounds so much like a Batman well, film. Thematically, it's darker yeah. as well. You know, it, it's 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 Cap <coughs> looking, you know, not just following orders, not just being the good soldier. He's moved beyond that, and but, he's now... He's pull, pulling back the curtain and oh, asking absolutely. difficult questions. My next note is the entire boat sequence is masterfully put together. But I think those two notes should really go hand in hand because that music yeah. plays such an integral role to that entire boat yes. thing, the way it builds and goes down and builds and goes down. <laughs> and it's got... And him kind of appearing under the cloak of darkness and sneaking mm. onto the boat and... It's got such a Batman as well. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love that. Um, it's one of the best. I know technically the film opens on him and Falcon going for a run. Yeah. But if we just kind of ignore that, that ignore is one that of the bit. best openings of any Marvel film. Yeah. When he go, when he goes on that boat and takes everyone out, and then eventually he gets the Black Widow, and then that's basically where the story starts. Yeah, that's when the story starts. Because he figures out there's <laughs> shit going on he doesn't know about. Um, on your left, 
setting up one of the most iconic moments in Evening, the franchise. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil what Brilliant. that is, but uh, I, well, I know we discussed this earlier, but I love Cap's stealth uniform. Yes. I gushed about that earlier, so I won't go into that again. Um, Watching Cap fight normal people is brutal. Yeah. He's so far above them. They just don't stand a chance. And yet, you go from him, just like this literal super soldier, yeah. just yeeting people around. And then you go to Natasha, who isn't a superhuman, and her fight scenes are just so violent. <laughs> well, she has to, I imagine, not only as a non-special, yeah. like a non-superhuman, sorry, that also as a woman. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she's a woman, she's got to like overcompensate, yeah. but she probably does, right? Yes. She's far more you aggressive. Look at the guys that she's fighting, they're big, beefy guys, and she's not. Yeah. So she's far more aggressive, far more violent, and far more brutal yeah. than she needs to be. Because, <laughs> well, basically, just like, you know, I am like, I'm sending a message to everyone. Don't <laughs> fuck with the I will literally window. fuck you up and not care. Like the bit where. She uh, she leaves a phone, and the Winter Soldier goes towards the phone and thinks he's blown yes. up, and then she just jumps on his back, <laughs> and then she, she's got a leg around his neck, and she, I'm, just like, I'm just like screaming, "Go on, girl!" <laughs> really wanted to fuck him up. <laughs> um, my next note is about how good that CG is. We talked about that. Uh, I want a helicarrier. Oh, I'd even settle for one of the the, the earlier generations yeah. with the with the propeller blades. I mean, I would never come down. Oh, no, man. <laughs> I'd just be up there living my best helicarrier life. Snap. <laughs> uh, watching Steve with older Peggy is pretty heartbreaking. The fact that they just give her fucking Alzheimer's, yeah. but they don't, you don't know going yeah, into it. You're like, oh, they're having a heart to heart. And then all of a sudden, she just forgets. And it's like, no, yeah. my heart. Yeah, heartbreaking. <laughs> um, this film has a great use of dynamics between action and the quieter, more subtle story-building scenes. Mm. Like, I think because there's so much story in this film, and there's so much... A lot... So many of the scenes are so much quieter... Yes. ...than a normal Marvel film. Like, I'm thinking of the lift scene. Yeah. I'm thinking of the one where he goes back to his apartment and Fury's hiding out, and he's going to kind of, like... Or bugged and he's yeah, yeah. before he gets shot. But there's so and like anything with Robert Redford in. Yeah. And then that like the security council. That there's a real balance between having too much of that and it becoming a slow yeah. kind of thriller where you're like, I'll oh, just kind I'm of plodding, yeah. Or too much action that you don't have enough time to build the tension and everything yeah. else. But they do such a good job of they like... balance it so well. It starts with the boat and then it goes into like story mode. And then there's another huge action. Yeah. Then story mode. Then there's a car chase. They, they know just how much story and development the audience can take before yeah. they need another big action sequence. But even the action sequences are so... They're quite low-key. Yeah, and restrained yeah. is the word I'm looking There's for. There's no like, massive over-the-topness. Um, especially that bit on the boat where he fights Balrock or whatever his name Batrock. is. Batrock. Batrock. It's the culmination of this whole intro. Yeah. So many other directors, I'm not going to say bad directors, so many other directors yeah. would have had that fight scene go on three times as It long. would have been, yeah. It would have been 
fun, necessary, and unrealistic. Epic. <laughs> but they were like, no, no, no. It's just going to defeat him, and we're going to move on to the yeah. <laughs> what we need to do. But because of that, because of that restraint, when we get to the end, when it all has to escalate, yeah. even that fight between him and the Winter Soldier is personal. It's, it's very brutal. personal. It's very low-key. hand-to-hand. Yeah. And it's it's like a real gritty fight. doesn't even have his shield most of the time. No. And, again, other directors would have got to that point and been like, we need all the bells and whistles. Yeah. This is the culmination of the Slogging film. it out on the, fl- on the flight deck yeah, or no. over an engine. Both falling off and landing on another helicarrier. Yeah. Just some real fucking outlandish shit. <laughs> but because they showed so much restraint and all the action sequences were the right length of time, yeah. like even the car chases, Yeah, they stop about a third of the way through what a normal car chase would be yes. in a film. So when it gets to the end, you can have that brutal hand-to-hand, small, personal fight between two old friends. And it doesn't feel like an anti-climax. No. And again, as opposed to like Four Dark World, where we end the emotional story and then we have to go to the fight scene. Yeah. Everything in this film is so woven. written. So woven together that everything happens like obviously we cut between the three things yeah. that are going on, but everything happens. There's no the loose time. ends that need no. to be forcibly tied up. Everything comes together at the end there yeah. perfectly. Absolutely, with a bow. Uh, with a bow. Um, I love that Cap goes to a museum exhibition dedicated yeah. to himself. That's you. That well, is me. Yeah. Uh, the world has changed, and none of us can go back. <coughs> Endgame has entered the chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about uh, watching Nick Fury kill police officers. Hashtag ACAB. God damn you. Oh, actually, you haven't jumped that far ahead of me. Cap slash Steve Rogers gets a lot of character development in this film. Oh, yeah. Because obviously in the first film, they were setting him up. There's not much space for that sort of growth in Avengers. Well, yeah, in the, f- in the first one, he's basically just woken up. Yeah. Right? So he's just like bewildered. Avengers, he's just he's one of many. Yeah, none of them, none of their characters really take a step forward in that. No, film. But they, they all just—they all kind of coast. That film's not what that's about. That no. film's about that's a spectacle. We've done all that work. We've got here. Now you're going to hear see the story. Then we're going to go do more work yeah. and get this you is, to the next one. This is a two-hour fight scene, yeah, basically. And then obviously yeah, here, this, you get to grow the characters. It's, it's like it's like Iron Man three, but good. It's like it's just mature, and the it's not growth of a character for growth's sake. No. It's it's the net, it's, it's the almost feasible development of the character. Yeah, but it's almost feasible that you would find yourself here, like I oh, am Captain America, and then suddenly realise that everything around you is corrupt. Exactly, everything they've they've told us about Steve Rogers screams for him to have the development he does in this yeah. film because he w- he wouldn't be happy. Just blindly following orders no, not and not questioning these things that he doesn't agree with because that's his whole thing. Yeah. Is, you know, he is the American way and he's going to do the right, you know, the, this idealized version of it, not yeah. the real version. Um, Text. Because otherwise he'd just be gunning down school children or something. Um, <laughs> uh, I want a shield SUV. It has a fucking minigun in the armrest. And they can shoot you no matter like 47 billion times. <laughs> <laughs> it's not until they bring out the hydraulic ram yeah. that the window actually caves and I'm just like, I need one of them. I just want a car that's just like your window integrity is blah blah yeah. blah. 
engines are online. It's like fucking. Hell. He goes driving off and he's like, activate flight systems. Flight system <coughs> damage. Well, what is working? Oh, air, air conditioning is working perfectly. I was just watching him. He's just like he's like. Um, Full speed ahead, and it goes ahead, and then suddenly it cuts away. But you imagine he says, "Like right, reverse." Yeah, I would love that again. My car in the morning should be like work. <laughs> I just take you there. <laughs> just close my eyes and sleep for twenty minutes. Um, I love that when we see Cap sneaking into his apartment. Yes. Um, he's left his super iconic shield just on the floor, propped up against the bookcase, like I would do with. One of my random props, well, like everything, yeah. But it's just like, it, it's not hanging up. It's not on a stand or anything. It's literally just propped against it and not even by the door, and no. you know, like, just in a fucking hallway. And I'm like, that's just amazing. I've got a question for you. How many shields do you think he has? Because there's a lot of times in this film where he doesn't <laughs> even have his uniform, but suddenly a sh- he's, but he's got a shield out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he has the one, but... There are others which are, I believe, stored at, like, Avenger HQ or something. Yeah. Because they've got a store of vibranium. He'll just be wandering around, like, living his best life, and it's like, oh, look, over there, suddenly a shield. <laughs> suddenly I've got my shield, yeah. Escaping via a hole in the ground that you managed to cut in around five seconds is pure movie magic. Yeah, well, he flips out his little lightsaber. I know this is... I know we're watching a Marvel film and I know super soldiers don't exist. I know Hydra doesn't exist. Heli carriers don't exist. But so much of this film so well made that I'm not questioning... Stupid stuff like that. No, but that I am. Yeah, it's... In the, Especially in when the you, space. See the, you see the, the hole. And how deep it must go. Yeah. It's like, how it's like he's cut through the roof. Okay, I can get that. Yeah. That tool is clearly designed for that. Yeah. But then he's cut through the tarmac. And then you see that like there's at least another like three or four foot. Yeah. And it's like, that's literally just a fucking lightsaber you've used to cut in, in seconds. And then it all seamlessly fell away. If only it had been purple. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, obviously he's going... To the sewer, I imagine that's where he's yeah, going. Yeah, right? I assume. So that's got to be three or four foot of pure concrete. Yeah, he's cutting through. I would have bought it if he cut like a six foot hole in the bottom of the car, fell through it, rolled over, and then disappeared. It's yeah. cutting through the ground, and then they do it again later on when all the Avengers and I'm just like, do you know what? I'm going to let him have it. It's, it's movie magic. They've, they've established this. It's this weird, done, right? Now. In a film where. They do all the shit that they do in this film. <laughs> That's the thing I'm like, don't buy that. Don't buy that. That's bullshit. <laughs> you can imagine doing it over here and you'd fall into a fucking wastewater yeah. pipe or something. It's about the only thing you'd find here. Or you just do it and nothing would happen. But, yeah. oh, guess there isn't a hole here. There's, there's no sewer here. Guess I'll just die. <laughs> oh, look, it's just the water table. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sequence, uh, uh, have you got any notes about Nick Fury getting shot? Or up to Nick Fury getting shot. To be honest, the time though in this film. My next note is about the hospital. So Okay, no uh, then. <laughs> uh, the sequence of Cap running after Fury gets shot. Um, the sequence of Cap running through the buildings, chasing down the gunmen, is an absolutely awesome uh, sequence. I mean, it's only about a minute, minute and a half oh, long. Where he's just smashing through walls. Where he's and literally, windows. and it, it shows something. Um, 
like there's several bits in this film that do it, but this was the part, first part where I really noticed it. It shows just how powerful Captain America really oh, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you see him in like the ensemble films with the other Avengers, he gets somewhat over overshadowed because you know, yeah, because he's not fucking, giant and green, or he's not got a metal suit. He's not a god of thunder or anything he's like basically that. Basically, just got a shield. He's got a shield, and he can punch you really yeah. hard. And it's like, eh. But then you see him like this and put up against. Like, even, I mean, Bucky is, is super-powered in yeah. some way, though it's never explained. Um, well, it's his arm, right? He well, his arm, but there's other things the as well, because uh, Steve Rogers says, when he finds out that it's Bucky, he says uh, Zola captured him, and yeah. he must have done something that allowed him to survive the fall. Yeah. Because a fall like that should have killed anyone outright, but it doesn't. Um, and just having a robot arm, when he tried to rip, lift up a car or yeah, something yeah. where he does, it would just rip it out of his yeah. shoulder. So he must... Wrong arm and it's left arm. Um, but it just shows that, like, he's <coughs> actually a fucking juggernaut. Oh, yeah. But obviously you don't get to see that in the others because he's, his powers are more low-key. I loved it. It's like... He's got... Like, he's like my... I was going to say mentor, but... He's more than a boss, less than a mentor, right? Nick Fury yeah. to Captain America. But he's just like... He's been shot... I don't give a fuck if you've worked overtime <laughs> to buy whatever it is that I'm about to just <laughs> smash through in your apartment. He literally just <laughs> runs and not, he goes through walls, doors, windows. He the, just doesn't stop. The absolute best bit of it all for me is the attention to detail. At one point, he's going too fast and can't quite control yeah. himself. Smashes into the wall. And as he runs off, there's just this huge it's dent. A huge dent in the wall. Yeah, because he's leaped up, hits it yeah. with his shield to go around the corner and then yeah. just takes off again. I yeah, that, I love that sequence. Oh, I love it all. Um, the lift fight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so awesome, especially once he's figured out what's happening. And he's like, yeah, before we do this, does anyone want to get off? Yeah. <laughs> I love the bit where, because you kind of like, this is going to, like something's going down. Here, yeah. Right? Something's going to happen. But then he, Close to the bloke, and the bloke's got the sweat dripping sweat down. Sweat yeah. And he, he, he looks over the other guy, and he's, he's like... his hand on, on the gun, and, and yeah. Like, but the slow kind of escalation of tension in that yeah. scene, right up until the he breaks the tension with the, does anyone want to get off? And you're like, fucking game on, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he knows they yeah. all know what they're yeah. there for, and then he just goes to town on them. I mean, Romlo's like, yeah, whoa, 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 big guy. So yeah. I say, this is nothing personal. And then Cap beats his ass, and it no, feels personal. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, I haven't seen Hubba Bubba in decades. <laughs> I didn't even know they still made uh, it. I much prefer Captain America's uniform in this. The whole scene in the lift is so well put together. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I've used them one of already. Even with the 12 bullet wounds, I'm sure she still looks amazing. <laughs> no, sorry. Even with 12 bullet wounds, I'm sure she still looks amazing in a bikini. I've got the quote. Bye bye bikinis, and Steve was just like, "Yeah, I bet you look terrible in them now." And it's like, boom! Nothing else. Just like, even with twelve bullet wounds, I love Aaron, the Apple Genius. Oh God! I have those exact same glasses. Wow, practically twins. Well, no, I mean, that's a little praying thing. Brilliant. In that. Or just after that sequence, when they realise that the strike team is coming in, and Steve's all like, "Ah, oh, snappy military planning and all these commands to escape," and Natasha's all just like, 
Nah, let's just tease all the people shipping us and pretend yeah. we're in a relationship. That's right after Steve Rogers goes full Clark Kent, like, no one will recognise me if I put glasses on. Oh, God. <laughs> Clark Kent glasses as well. The, the, the Marvel undercover superhero thing, which is <laughs> a hoodie, a, hoodie right. a baseball cap, and some glasses, and no one will recognise one of the most recognisable human beings in the world at yeah. the time. Their shoes... In that scene. Yeah. What the fuck? I was hoping there would be something I'd come across in my research to say. Because the awful shoes are a reference to... Because they do... They open scenes and they close scenes with just the shots of their feet. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's like when they're walking through that shopping centre, that whole bit where they're undercover, there's a scene before where it starts with uh, Steve Rogers' feet. Yeah. And he's wearing these awful shoes. And then when him and Natasha are undercover, again, it starts with a shot of them both wearing these hideous shoes. And I'm like, what's the relevance? What's the reference here? I don't know. I jumped to the conclusion that they just had to get their hands on disguises so, yeah. quickly. And that's all they could That's get. what they got. <laughs> but there is, there's every possibility that there's a reference. That it's got to be a reference I'm just not getting. Uh, that's a cool little phone app that'll tell you the pin code to a safe. Isn't it? Yeah. It just holds it over and it scans it. That's got to be Stark Tech. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I mentioned, I alluded to this one earlier. The Steve-Natasha relationship. Yeah. It's probably the most interesting one in the whole MCU. I don't know. Are we talking romantic? Just relationship full stop. Because I really like Cap and Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I just... I. But yeah, Cap and Black Widow the, because the Cap they're and Black both. Black Widow one. It's a much more interesting. Relationship. It is because they're both coming from <laughs> opposite sides. He's super honourable. Like he is the definition of chivalry, right? Yeah, he is the the the, the half dying good guy. She is the definition of Russian spy. Yes, yeah, just, and they are, you know, you've got you've got American homeboy. Yeah. And then you've got this Russian, sultry KGB Russian spy. Russian spy, and yeah. they meet in the middle, and they, you know, they they're, they're colleagues, and they're they're um, what do you call it when you're fighting alongside someone? Comrades. Yeah, they're comrades in arms. They're colleagues <laughs> working together. Very KGB, I like. Very KGB. <laughs> um, and then obviously, with the whole thing happens with with Fury, and they become friends, yeah. and they become very close friends, and. The writers deliberately play with it. Oh, of course. And they yeah, build yeah. up this relationship and you kind of, they take it just to the point that you think they're going to take it to the next level and then they don't. And you're like, Nah! I really, I like that. I'm so super fucking glad about two things in this film. One, <laughs> the complete lack of jokes. And two, whilst them, they have this... Really nice working relationship. Yeah, they have a very strong chemistry. They were, yeah, but they're the writers were able to go. No, 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 they don't need to kiss at the end. No, it's all good. It's, they've got you've got their 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 relationship there, and they've got this chemistry, and but there's also like these depths in there. There's this this mistrust. Oh yeah, both you know, I'd be that of the other person or of themselves of the situation. Uh, uh, yeah, the situation. They both got guilt. I'd be it like uh, survivors' guilt or guilt over things they've done, or in Steve's case in particular, there's guilt over Peggy, because you know, it's the, the relationship oh, yeah. that never was, and then he's kind of here flirting with Natasha. Um, 
And then there's the, the guilt, especially with Natasha, that you get the impression she does, doesn't feel like she deserves yeah, to be she's happy. Not, she doesn't yeah, deserve she, someone like him. Yeah, she doesn't feel worthy of someone because of the things she's done. She yeah. looks at him and she's like, I don't deserve you. He's this paradigm of, of goodness but and, what and she wholesomeness. Does, but what she doesn't realise, right? And this is what all... This is a, a lesson to all you people out there <laughs> who look at someone and only see Surface part deep. of them <laughs> and think you're not good enough. Like, we're all fucking human. We're all shit. We all... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he... Yeah. During, like, he admits it to himself when they say, like, the greatest generation. I did some research. You did some fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, she's looking at him like, I couldn't possibly ever, like, have a man like that because of the badness I've yeah. done. But what she's not seeing is all the fucking badness he did during well, World he War did, II. Yeah, he did enough. Like, he's he ki- might kill people. Look like this now and outwardly... He might be Captain America in the suit, but you don't know what fucked up shit he did during the war. Yeah. And so when you're out there looking at people thinking they're not good enough, unless it's me, because I'm too good for all of you. <laughs> Wait, Just remember... Hang on a minute. <laughs> sorry. No, that was my line. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry. I had to I'm... check the script then. Yeah, sorry. I'm on page 21 instead of page... <laughs> 22, sorry. I, yeah, I, I think that their relationship is the most realistic. But, yeah. Even compared to actual couples that we have on the screen. I mean, compare absolutely. their relationship to Thor and Jane Foster. Uh, exactly, like right? <laughs> but, like, but, like, in real life, like, we're all fucking human. Just because you look at someone and you're like, oh, they're too hot for me, or look at them, they're too cool for me, or whatever, that person still shits. Do you know what I mean? That person still stinks. That person still has morning breath. That person is still a human being at the end of the day. With all I am the quite f- sweaty this evening. With all the flaws that we all have. So just... Puff on me. I'm flawless. It's I'm like that song. Room. No, no, that was no, the yeah, one. Yeah. Um, so, the original Shield HQ is protected by a simple padlock on a door in an abandoned army base. Super secure. In New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did, as I was writing this note, I kind of wondered, maybe Hydra wanted them Of course, yeah. They're, they're hiding, well, I assumed it was hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Like, if they build like big fucking complex there, people would be like... Like Rudlow House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Like, Rudlow Manor. Uh, America's... Yeah, like Area 51, America's uh, Rudlow Manor. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, by just leaving it looking like an abandoned place. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work in Harlow because if you, oh, left, yeah. you left it just stick by a padlock, that place would have been fucking cleared out. Yeah. Zola would have been on, on a fucking stall over at bloody Northfield Market <laughs> the following week. Yeah. <laughs> you got a license for that? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, Gov, what are you trying to say, fam? <laughs> Swear down, this was my mum's, yeah? 200, what was it, 200 miles of uh, <laughs> computer cables and shit. <laughs> My mum's in it. She used it like before microwaves. Yeah, she used to do a she used to do a QVC shopping on it, bruv. <laughs> Why is that accent? I don't know, bruv. <laughs> they managed to liberate the Falcon suit real quick. I think I've said that, but uh, there's so much story to tell in this film. They do a great job of picking the most important parts, mm. and to not let the action sequences become unwieldy. The action seems almost believable a lot of the time, which is rare yeah. in a Marvel film. We talked about that already. Uh, once again, Stanley's cameo is perfect. Uh, kind of nice to think that the shit state of the world is because Hydra or some other similar secret society has been pulling the strings to make it this shit on purpose rather than knowing it's just humanity's innate selfishness that has done it to itself. Well, when you look at, like, you know, COVID, the Tories, 
Trump. He's about to put the tinfoil hat on. I'd believe it. <laughs> well, that was disappointing. Well, you, it's because you set me up and I was like, it's going to say something really ridiculous now. But because he said that, people are going to think Wanker. I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, the very casual reveal that Bucky is the Winter Soldier. Yeah. With him just sat there in Pierce's kitchen. Yeah. It's, it's a really odd way to do it. Because there's not been any hint up until that that moment, and then he just walks in there, that, and it's like, oh fuck, that's Bucky. I'm so tired. The timeline is gone. So that happens before Captain America finds out. Yeah, yeah. We find out about it, and we're like, wait, that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's Bucky. Yeah. He's just got big hair, and he's been wearing a, a paintball mask up till this point. It's weird as well. Like, I'm not even sure if they're trying to reveal it because most of that scene is almost in yeah. Darkness. But it's, it's, I don't know if it's if it's a different edit or something because I. Recall, or I seem to recall, when I saw this in the cinema, that scene was much darker. Oh, okay. And it was only hinted at that it was Bucky. But watching it on Disney Plus yeah, overnight... Yeah, probably some. What do they call it when they show it to people and then everyone has to score it and... Preview? Not preview. Preview. <laughs> no, it's... um, People do it like other businesses do it as well, not just films. audience testing oh yeah or whatever the term for that is but there was probably some rumors a bunch of people wrote far too fucking dark who was even talking yeah and i've gone back it just seems really odd because obviously you get the big reveal a little bit later in the the i would think i would have preferred that when everybody else and captain america found out at the same time i think it was just really a weird way to do it it was almost like they didn't mean to yeah um, the last one is at Fort Meade behind three guarded gates and a 12 foot steel wall <laughs> talking about you see yeah. and then they're just like eh, they just like shrug yeah. and it's like and then the next time you see it he's wearing it. it yeah like you said they just skip I, over that I like the way they do it though because <laughs> you genuinely believe that Black Widow's just kicked that guy off the side <laughs> because you don't know about the wings yet and then he flies him up and you're yeah. like oh Fucking hell, they got them quick, didn't they? Oh God, yeah, when he's, <laughs> when he's just like, do you honestly expect him to believe you're, yeah. you're going to do that? Exactly. That's no, not your style. It's like, no, you're right. It's more her style. She just, <laughs> she just kicks in, then he catches him, brings up, that's got to be torturous. Uh, <laughs> yay for Abad? Or Abed? Abed. Abad. Abed. And the guy from Neighbours, whose name I can't remember. The Australian guy in the Security Council with the bald head. Yeah. He was like, oh, fucking, God, yeah. He was in Neighbours for years. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I recognised him somewhere. Jim Robinson. I don't know if he was a Robinson, because I know it was Paul Robinson. He could have been Jim Robinson. Yeah, because he was... Oh, what was that? He lived in the house of Helen. Yes. Yeah, because he's the one that had the heart attack and the oranges attacked him from the fruit dish. I remember that. I remember watching it, and we we discussed it. Me and my friends, the following day at school, we... At that point in time, everyone was watching Neighbours. Oh, of course, yeah. This was at secondary school. And he had a heart attack in the living room. And as he fell over, he, like, elbows the yeah. fruit dish. And the oranges just launch out at him. Yeah. And I remember discussing that. Um, uh, I'd go to war if I had that Captain... Uh, that, that Captain America speech. I'd go to war if I had that Cap speech, too. Uh, hang on a minute. You're telling me again. Sorry. Uh, imagine being the poor soldier just driving down the freeway when Hydra decide to att- attack Cap's car yeah. and a massive fire break breaks out because they don't care. No. They're literally just gunning through people's yeah. cars and Bucky's ripping them up and blowing I mean, them up. Like, maybe 18,000 is quite 
on the mark because you said all the people that probably died. <laughs> God knows how many innocent people. Collateral damage. Um, said it before, but I love the way Cap squeezes himself behind that tiny little oh, shield. Yeah, when yeah. mate, he stood on top of the car with the minigun, and he's just and he just he's walking up, and it's like he's just carving yeah. himself, and he's walking at the same time. And he runs up, and he takes it. <laughs> brilliant. Um, the whole freeway fight scene is brilliant. I love oh, that yeah. whole thing. Um, I I fucking love the bit where. He hits Captain America and he flies off the side and goes through the bus. Through, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> and obviously, there's a bit with uh, Black Widow with yeah. the phone where she's doing the fake yeah. radio call. Um, the and the, the whole hand to hand bit where you finally get to see Winter Soldier and yeah. Cap go toe to toe for the first time, and they're slogging it out because up to that point, no one has even made Cap break a sweat really. Yeah. And then here's someone who can literally stop his shield. Admittedly, only with his one arm. Is this the first Marvel film, like so far, that we've got to <clears throat> where there's no witty one liners during the fight scenes as well? I think so, yeah. Because I know at the end one, he's, he's more trying to reason with him and trying to remind yeah, him who yeah. he is. But that first one, I don't remember. Cap any... is literally just focused on taking yeah. out the bad guys the way he do- the way he's done, the way, he's done. The way he was trained yeah. to do. He's not, he's not he's trying not, to have a conversation. He's not a Tony Stark who's just making exactly. jokes and trying to distract. And He's not Tony Stark. He's not Thor. No. He's not Ant-Man. He's literally a soldier who's been trained to go in and take out the bad guys the quickest way possible. And I that get doesn't wrong. make room for I love a witticism. And I love when they're used correctly in films. Mm. Sometimes they're just they're a little bit heavy-handed with them. And I think that might be one of the reasons I'm like, this is a mature adult film. Yeah. Because there's just no bullshit. You said earlier there's no there's no jokes in this. Oh, there there, there are. are, but they're so much more low-key, yeah. and they're not made the focus of the dialogue. No. They happen, and they're far more organic they're than, far, than the Tony Stark ones. Yeah, they're, they're far more... <coughs> correct me if I'm wrong. British in their kind yes. of dryness and yeah. their just if you're not listening they're sarcastic yeah. more than actual like no, proper jokes yeah. yeah they're not yeah they're, they're not Tony Stark basically uh, watching Cap take out Hydra agents is just as comforting as watching Batman punch evil in the face <laughs> uh, Robin to the rescue by which I mean Agent yeah. Hill obviously <laughs> of course have you met Ted um <laughs> I could never work for the bad guys like Ram- Rumlow and the strike team oh, do. Oh, fuck no. Because, you I mean, even moral considerations aside, you'd never know when they were going to turn on, on you, you. Yeah. Or decide, oh, shit, this Captain America's coming to get me. Go get them, yeah. guards, and you'll get taken out one at a time by the, the, the hero of the Congratulations, piece. you've now been promoted to Operation Human Shield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, wait, wait, if they're willing to, like, kill all these millions of people, what if they decide that I'm getting too good at yeah. this minion business and decide to get rid of me as well? Well, because if you're any kind of villain's minion, right, Eventually, they're going to take you out <laughs> to cover their tracks. To cover their own ass. So, yeah, yeah um, I've got. I'm going to read it the way I've written it. Okay. Yes. Go on, Nick Fury. So I'm guessing this is where he comes back and gets off the helicopter. Oh yeah. And you wow, just see he him. Ahead of me again. Sorry, you just see him step off. <laughs> it's like half Nick Fury, half Shaft. Half Shaft. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got the leather trench coat looks billowing. So and... fucking cool, making his entrance, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Um. 
is it I do what he does just slower yeah I love that says Reggie talking about entertaining content on this podcast says Reggie about anything Ahmed so that's what he did after Greendale yeah nice to know uh the two guards on the helicarrier bridge need some recognition. Oh, the two just get when Cap's giving down. his speech. Oh, they're, no, they're no, like no. they they decided to take on like two or three times their number of Hydra yeah. soldiers, and they just look at each other and they got that moment and they go like, "Yeah, yeah. We, we we can't let the Cap down," and they just get, get brutally murdered and they just get killed in like a montage. It's like, oh, come on, man. There's that's another thing I will say about this film is they do not shy away. From just real world brutality. Oh god! Like no. there was nothing comic about, about any of the deaths in this film. No, but like them ones especially, just mm. like they just walk up, boom, straight yeah. in. Um, what's that name? Ramar, Ramar, the cleaner. Just yeah, guns are down. Just gun down. Like this film was not in any way, shape, or form made for kids. Oh god, no! The kids that fell in love <laughs> with Marvel through Iron Man. Yeah. This is not intended for them. This is not. This is intended for people like us. Yeah. That, who want a, a more sensible, more serious tone to their, their ridiculous superhero films. Um, so everyone <laughs> aboard the heli, helicarrier is a Hydra, right? Yep, we're guessing. Yeah, we're guessing. Uh, Captain America in hospital bed is the weirdest thing to and see. You've jumped way ahead of me because you're at the end of the film already. <laughs> okay, you do what you want. Actually, I've got that many. I've only got one more note left. Um, man, shut the hell up. Falcon is sick of this snappy dialogue. Yes. It's kind of like you can imagine the writers were just sat there just watching Iron Man 3 and this. Yeah. Man, shut the hell up. Yeah. Because he's not interested. Again, he's like Cap, unlike yeah. Rumlow, who is special forces, and is all like, oh, I'm gonna cause you pain, boy. Yeah. Do you like pain? And he's just like, oh, shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That'd be me. Yeah. You wouldn't even go that far. You'd just fucking yeet something <laughs> at you. Yeah, yeah. Um who are th- oh actually no, I've got up with you. I, I thought I had more notes than that. Who are the armed guards outside Cap's hospital room? Because they have no patches or anything. With S.H.I.E.L.D. disbanded, obviously these are supposed to be good guys because they're protecting Cap rather than keeping him prisoner. Are are they FBI? CIA? SWAT? Stark? The neighbour, who turns out to be Agent 13, she joins CIA. She joins CIA. FBI arrest the Oh, they go to arrest the senator. Agent Hill goes and joins Stark. Yeah. She gets a job at Stark Enterprises. I'm, I'm going to go CIA, FBI. Yeah, just some legitimate like that. Yeah. Homeland Security. Um, I love how Black Widow... But... And I know this is all hypothetical because <laughs> none of it's real. But would you not think that... Those... Like FBI, CIA, they would almost kind of... At this point in time, maybe not at the beginning, mm. but at this point in time, they would have almost become... Being made irrelevant by Shield, right? So why I, would they even still exist? I picture that um, Shield is kind of inter, uh, international, almost more like NATO. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're international, interplanetary. They're they're interested in dealing with the whole safeguarding the whole planet. So FBI, the FBI and CIA, CIA just they're uh, more mundane, like street level. Yeah, they're they're worried about human threats, whereas serial killers. Yeah, and not. And yeah, Shield is worried yeah, with things okay. like Thor like and stuff that, like yeah. that. Um, I love how Black Widow goes over the course of like from from Iron Man through to here. She has this this character arc which largely gets ignored. Yeah, where she goes from this super secret spy with a clouded past to the public spokesperson for the Avengers slash 
rogue shield agents. Well, at this point, at the end of this film, yeah, where at the they, end of this film, where they really they're like, it's the end of that arc where they're yeah. like, all your secrets are out. Everyone knows, and she says it herself, like, yeah, blown on my covers. Like, I don't find a new one now, and so she can then be because she's not like anything to hide anymore the world knows who she is she can then go she to just, the spokesperson yeah she just becomes t- takes on a completely different role but before that they're probably still trying to utilise her as a spy for shield they, yeah they had that sort of thing over her and yeah they, they can't anymore public. like she's almost irrelevant now this is this is a long note and it's probably going to be controversial oh because we need a little bit of controversy yeah because you're cutting all that stuff I said earlier right? yeah all that's going to be cut out or just bleeps just to tease people I have to say I'm not a huge fan of the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. is now run by Hydra so we got to smash it all thing. Especially since it makes no real in-universe difference. Because Fury and Hill still end up leading a covert society that runs stuff from the shadows just without the public facing stuff and they don't have the, the cool patches. Um, there's always a secret base. There's always a private security force on hand when some good guy guards are needed to rush in and get taken out by a villain. Uh, and like I said, they no longer have the cool patches or like, yeah, I work for S.H.I.E.L.D. They haven't got a cool acronym anymore. They're just generic good guys. And there's no explanation where they come from. Um, I get why they had to do it because S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers between them pretty much had the whole MCU sewn up. Yeah. Uh, and you've got to think that if they were facing the Thanos threat, at unified this at this point with the Avengers as they were and S.H.I.E.L.D. at full power, Thanos would have had a much harder time than he actually did. So, what this film, almost, without signposting it, is like a reset button. Yes. By, That's what it does. It resets everything, so then they could go again. Yeah. I, I, mean, I never really thought about it. Well, you got to think, obviously, uh, when Thanos attacks in Infinity War, he's fighting against a handful of the Avengers... And Wakanda. Yeah. Whereas if he'd attacked now, he'd be facing the full Avengers team as it was at the time. Shield. And yeah, Shield. And probably Wakanda. some element of Wakanda. Hey, I imagine if like you know the whole world's the whole world's be... about to end, Wakanda would reveal yeah. itself and and come to help out, sort of thing. Um, it is the. Yeah, it's almost like okay, so you know we've given you what we've wanted to give you up to this point. Yeah. But we've become far too powerful. I mean, that's that's the thing. S.H.I.E.L.D. has become this super powerful organisation. So we're going to reset, and then we're going to move you towards Wakanda. Yeah. As the kind of, that, the, central. Yeah. It's really... I never really thought about it, but it really, really works. I, just, I, I feel like it was wasted potential. For S.H.I.E.L.D. For S.H.I.E.L.D. Especially since... You don't know. You don't know who... Would you'd have to get rid of everybody in Shield and then recruit again? Yeah, you would. Or you'd ha- yeah, you'd have to go through them one person yeah. at a time. But like I said, it doesn't really make any difference because when you get to Spider Man uh, Far From Home, Spider Man gets recruited by Nick Fury, yeah. and they go down into an underground base where they've got all this cool stuff. And again, they've got They're generic actually, good guy guards and technicians. And You could say that that's private, though, because now Fury is completely in control. He hasn't got to play the game. He hasn't got to work with the government. Yeah. He hasn't got to get So it's a, it's a proper sort of black He hasn't got to be thing. part of this weird NATO security But council. also, arguably, by, by the same token, 
they have less power because they're not this big supranational organization anymore. So they've got less people. They can do less. They don't have shield SUVs anymore no. or helicarriers. But in the sense of who watches the Watchmen, the shield. Yeah. You know, they're prying eyes on them at all times. As a private. Yeah. Like, you know, they hero of, club. They kind of end up getting merged with the Avengers. The whole yeah, Avengers so initiative becomes, the, becomes new the new shield because everyone that was working for shield that actually matters. Coulson. Continues working as part of the Avengers. Because yeah. then obviously Avengers Tower gets destroyed yeah. in Dingy. Um, but then they have the new Avengers complex, which are, yeah. it's in the UK, isn't it? The place they shot that. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking car factory or looks something. looks like. The place where the uh, the helicarriers come out today. It does, yeah. With that stupid building, the Triskelion. 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 Yeah, it's a stupid word either wow. way. I pronounce the word. Yeah, uh-huh. I looked at it and I was like, oh, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. that. I hope Reggie does. Yeah. Uh, intro to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the mid credit scene. Yeah, I saw which that. was directed by uh, what's his chops? Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um, Along with another Hydra offshoot run by a creepy man with a generically foreign accent. Absolutely. Another infinitely forgettable villain. <laughs> Hydra are just like... Then they're obviously like their attack on the Nazis, but the yeah. Nazis were defeated and the Nazis went away. But Hydra are much more like Shredder and the Foot Clan. Yes. Just they keep getting beat, and, but there's just... There's always another, another little secret yeah. base or underground bunker or Absolutely. hidden lab that yeah. they can spring up. They're like a fucking weed they just or don't cockroaches. Go, oh, I suppose you cut one head off. Two more grow. Two more take its place. And then we see Bucky at the same exhibition, now sans a certain Captain America yeah. uniform. Uh, and this time, he's looking up himself. I would have loved <laughs> some, like, extra mid credit scene where you just see Cap sneak back in sneak back in and put it all battered and bloodstained that would be Captain America that is exactly what he would do it's like he said with a car she's like how do you know still guys like we're borrowing it we're borrowing it take your feet (laughs) off the dash Uh, I've only got one one note left Uh, yeah that that was my final note okay this is by far the best Marvel film we've watched so far and because of that I am giving it a nine you know I Originally, I've got it written here. I actually scored this in advance, and I was going to give it an eight point five. I, however, <laughs> was about three quarters of the way through the film, giving it an eight point five. But by the time I finished, I was like, "Fuck no, it's a nine. Yeah, uh, it it's is getting just, a nine from me. It's to me, it's like Enemy of the State meets Marvel." For want of a better, it's like so yeah. much of it reminds me of Enemy of the State. Like they're running from yeah. people that can track them, but they've got all this tech and everything. <laughs> but just mixed with like, I can't really, I don't, I don't watch, I haven't watched many thrillers since we started this podcast. No, and they're not generally me, my. Uh... And you told me you didn't like them. I was like, well, I suppose I should focus more on watching films we might be able to cover. <laughs> they're not generally my chosen genre. No. But yeah, is there's it reminded me of Enemy of the State, but it is a mystery, it's a thriller, but it's set in the Marvel universe. Yeah. It's just it's got mind it's, blown. It's an awesome film. Eighteen puts that up there with, oh, with yeah. the top ranking. It's gotta films. go top five easy. Oh yeah. 
Definitely. We don't give many films <laughs> nine points each. Yeah, so we're, all, we're going to shit all over Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Wait first. till that yeah. one, guys. I'm, I'll be surprised if it makes double figures. Yeah, I'll be surprised <laughs> if we even finish the episode. <laughs> I'll be surprised if I finish the fucking film. Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. Oh, I dropped.